Blog Talk Radio.
Sanders have fallen to. Well, good evening. Or oh, I guess in some parts of the world, good morning, good afternoon, whenever you're listening. want to say peace, human family. Shalom. All the way from Fort Worth, Texas, do you listen to Brother Seth from the Five Smooth Stone Network. And I just want to thank every single one of you for your time tonight. You could be doing so many other things, but instead, you're trying to hear what the Father is saying. Because you know truly the Father is trying to tell us something. And I just hope tonight, and I believe tonight, that we are going to hear from the Most High tonight. By way of Brother John Clark, all the way from Kentucky. By way of Sister Eliana Batia, all the way from Mercy, California. And also later on on the show, Brother Elishua, all the way from Forward, Texas, the same city as myself. So we just are servants here tonight. We don't claim to know it all. We don't claim to have it all. Neither do we believe that the truths you're going to hear tonight are going to heal every tiny aspect of your life. No truth does that. Christ said it like this, folks. Man shall live by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Most High. And we believe that. Every word. We need every word. And so, again, thank you for tuning in to the show tonight. I'm Brother Seth. Uh, you listen to Five Smooth Stone Network. We've been doing this since 2011. I want to thank all of the listeners, followers of Five Smooth Stone since 2011. Some of you had missed too many shows since then. Um, I just appreciate you. just want you to know that. And also, my Bloodline family, the Douglas Kennedy family, it's just uh, scattered in like 15 states, something like that. Thank you for uh, those of you that's tuning in tonight or going to be tuning in later in the archives. Appreciate it, appreciate it. And while I'm talking about those of you that really enjoy what we do on the on this blog show, which really is nothing more than a ministry, I, I believe, uh, because we're serious. We're serious about pleasing the Father. We're serious about getting His Word out. We're serious about helping our people first and foremost, and then, yes, the planet, definitely. All people are accepted and welcome here at Five Smooth Stone. So I really, 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 really um, um, mean that. I want to just say this really, uh, remind everybody, I can't say this enough. Every week I, I'm beginning to, to try, I'm trying to do this every week, and that is remind everybody, if you missed any of the shows in the past, you can go to Google.com. We are there, heavily represented on Google.com, and just simply Google Five Smooth Stone Blog Talk Radio, and you can enjoy any of our older shows. Uh, as you know, we talk about five topics pretty much, but we really talk about everything, but they come under pretty much five banners, or should I say it like this, There's, we talk about five topics more than we do others. I won't go over those five topics now because I do it so often, but just remember I asked the father five questions, and he definitely answered me just like any father would a son because I wasn't playing when I asked him those five questions, and he gave me five answers, and those five answers kind of translate into five different topics pretty much and we talk about that more than anything but we do talk about on this network 
And again, we try to do it just as servants, as the Most High, not trying to be know-it-alls and think we got it all together. Not that, just regular everyday people from the grassroots. But like Apostle Paul said, I do have the Holy Spirit. And when you have the Holy Spirit, folks, I'm telling you, you're more than just a conqueror, you're more than just a, man, a mere man. Okay, so that's what's happening on this network. All right, now tonight, 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 we're going to be talking about Satan, or uh, most of you know him as Lucifer, Lucifer. So tonight, uh, well, there I am, jumping ahead, jumping ahead again. Uh, I, I skipped something. Let me go back, folks. Again, if you missed any of the previous shows, you can Google us, Five Smooth Stone Blog Talk Radio. Also, I want to remind everybody to follow Yes, yes, yes. Follow Five Smooth Stones. How do you do that? Those links I sent out to you, uh, if you, if you, once you click, click on the show, many of you listening, or uh, you have your uh, little laptop up or your computer up, remember at the front screen on Five Smooth Stones is www.blogtalkradio.com slash five underscore smooth underscore stones. At that location at our front page, or even at the show's page that you listen to right now, you should see a follow button in the upper right-hand corner. Click on that. It's going to make you log in on your Facebook or on your Twitter, and it'll send you reminders whenever we do a show. Even if I don't send out an um, advertisement, you'll always catch all of our shows. And that also is a serious way to support anyone that's blogging. This is how we are uh, we need that for many reasons. I won't get into it now, but we need you to support us that way, many reasons. So if you like what we're doing, you really like it, we're not asking for any money, we're not asking for an arm or leg, we're just simply asking for you to follow the show. So do that, folks. Follow the show. If you really appreciate what people do, follow them. It's real easy. Real easy. Just follow the show. So, also, I want to remind everybody to... Please go back and listen to last week's show. That show was amazing. The things we talked about, we cannot cover all these topics again tonight. Uh, some things we cannot afford to repeat. Go back and listen. We, that show was about many of the topics I'm getting ready to mention here because I'm going to read the show's description. But you'll see when I read the show description, I'm going to name a lot of topics. Well, a lot of those topics were covered last week. Tune into last week. Next week, if the Father says the same, we're going to take a little break from this whole end-time prophecy thing, and we're going to be talking about something uh, that's very dear to many of you, especially those of you that are Hebrew Israelites or those of you that have woke up to your true identity, because really and truly, if you ask an American Hebrew Israelite whether you want to be or not, it's just whether or not you accept it. So those of you that know we Israelites, uh, you will definitely don't want to miss the show. Really, it, truly, anybody, because it's going to be dealing with the law versus grace. Many people don't understand how much of a law are we supposed to keep. When does grace kick in? I mean, believe it or not, some people actually have a lot of issues with this this law thing. They don't know what part of the law we keep, what, you know, and I, and I tell people all the time, it's just that we're not under the law, we're not justified by it, but nevertheless, there's a, uh, uh, it's a thousand, it's thousands of years, or this debate, has, this debate has been going on for thousands of years. People really are confused with what grace is, 
uh, 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 I mean, do we just, you know, uh, uh, a lot of the law, law, law commandment keepers feel like people that believe in Christ and grace are abusing grace, and then uh, the other side of the, the the people that that trust in the in the Father and His righteousness, uh, of course, they're abusing grace, and then and then the, in other words, both people accuse each other of being extremists, you know. And so the people that on, on on grace, I feel like the people keeping the law is too legalistic, and a lot of that stuff don't apply. And uh, so we're just gonna talk about that next week, and I think it's gonna be a, a, a serious show, a very relevant. I mean, I can't, you can't get no more relevant than that topic because it really causes a lot of confusion in our world today. So we'll be talking about that next week if we're able to put a nice little dinner in this conversation tonight. Let me go ahead and read what is our show. Uh, tonight, what is our show going to be about tonight? Earlier, I sent this to many of you, and it goes something like this Luciferian thoughts and behaviors that threaten life as we know it. In this end time prophetic series, we discuss topics from a Hebrew Israelite perspective, such as. New World Order, Vatican Secrets, Population Control, Eugenics, Financial Slavery, Luciferian Thoughts in Society, that's what we're going to be talking about tonight, Vaccinations for Genocide, Mark of the Beast, Mystery Babylon, Social Media Zombies or Slaves, Social Media Surveillance. Rap's deviant culture, white supremacy, the beast in Revelation, real Jews slash Israelites scattered globally, now resurrected, and a render of them used mightily. The gay agenda, the rapture, and the thousand the thousand year reign of Christ. Also spiritual warfare in high places, New Jerusalem, Armageddon, and more with solutions. So that is what this series is all about. These topics is what we'll be discussing uh, in this series. Now, we're going to hit everything tonight. We, tonight, we're going to focus on the Luciferian uh, thoughts and behaviors in our society. We may hit some other topics here and there, but tonight, the spotlight is on Lucifer and his followers and his belief system. What is he doing? What is he up to? And Brother John is going to lead this out tonight, and we're just going to kind of let him run with this and kind of just ask questions here and there, make comments here and there. And then after he's done, we're going to go ahead and talk about some other things, uh, probably on that same topic, or we may hit some of these other topics. So tonight, you should feel you should feel special. You should feel blessed that we have men and women of the Most High that know, have knowledge of these things that can go deep. Y'all going to hear some things tonight. I'm going to warn you ahead of time that may trouble you in spirit. But if you listen to us, we're going to give hope. It's not We're not, not in the hands of, of Lucifer, for sure. We're not in the hands of Satan, for sure. We are a powerful people. We are the most protected people. We are the most blessed people. We have the, 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 the strongest security system. We are the winners. Remember, Lucifer and Satan is a defeated foe. The scripture 
says and proclaims not only is Satan going to lose in the end, his him and his imps, these fallen angels are going to lose in the end, but they've already lost. They've already lost because of who we are and whose we are. We just have to remember that and, and just keep our testimony. Uh, as you know, the scripture talks about they overcame him with the words of their testimony and the blood of the Lamb. We just got to remember our testimony and continue to, 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 to speak and, and confess and decree just that, that we are victorious in the middle of all of this chaos and all they're trying to do to bring us uh, into their program. We are from the Most High. We are of the kingdom of the Most High, and we are not going to be derailed. We're not going to lose. We may lose battles here and there. I'm, I'm being keeping it real, but we would not lose the war, and we have to always remember that. So tonight, Brother John is going to remind us of that in a way that only uh, very few people can do. And so uh, just want everybody to know that's what's coming your way. One more thing, a couple more things in here, and we're going to bring on the brother and just um, – Really be blessed by him tonight. Y'all have not heard Brother John like you will because he's normally very humble. He's kind of in the background. But you're going to hear him tonight uh, roar with truth that the Most High has put in him. You'll see. So what is tonight and what it, what it, what it is not? Really quickly before I bring him on. Again, we don't know it all. We don't have it all. We just have something definitely of the Most High. And uh, you remember that what the Scripture says, the truth. We shall live, uh, Christ said, man shall live by every truth that proceeded out of the mouth of the Most High. This is one of those truths. You're going to need this, folks. What's happening today, if you don't know what is going on today, the Bible talks about some people's hearts failing them for fear. I'm not cursing you. That may not be you per se. But there are some people going to see so much going on, they're going to wonder, where is the Most High at? Did he leave us? Is he real? And their hearts will fail them for fear. Well, if you know that these things are going to happen and you are already aware, it's kind of like if a storm is coming, you already know what's happening, you already know the strength of the storm, you'll be fine. But if you don't know a storm is coming, you look up and you have one of those Katrina situations, you know, some people, didn't, they underestimated what that storm did, and you saw the history of that. So what it is and what it is not, this show, again, is to equip you, uh, brothers and sisters, this show, again, is to equip you. It, it's really, really, really to give you some tools from the Most High, from the Scriptures. This is not our truth. We don't own any of this. You know, we don't own no people. We don't have it that well. We're not that smart. We just share some scriptures and profound truths that have changed our life and help us to have some a bit of sanity in the middle of this storm. That's all we're doing. Simple and plain. We're here to equip you tonight. All right. Uh, we're also here to give you enough information where you won't be supporting your own uh, demise, uh, supporting the enemy, supporting the, that that kills, steal, and destroy. Because many of my people is doing just that. We're here to share hope. Like I said, there's directions for us. There's safety for us. There's peace and blessings. There are some of us that may have to go down the martyr road. Uh, some of us is going to have to 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 to, to be persecuted more than others. But I don't believe that's for everybody. And those that do have to go down that road, rejoice. Rejoice because the Bible says if Christ had to go through these things, we are blessed to have to share his, partake in his suffering. It's not a bad thing. It's not a gloomy thing if a person is martyred. I mean, let's just go there. It's not a bad thing. It's not a gloomy thing if a person does suffer for righteousness' sake. The Bible tells us over and over and over to rejoice. 
Rejoice. Rejoice. Why? Because we have the victory. We have the victory. And if we suffer with him, if we suffer with him, saints, I'm going to say it again. If we suffer with him, we shall reign with him. That's what that's what the scripture says. And I appreciate that, that verse. And it's in 2 Timothy 2 and 12. It talks about if we suffer with him, we shall also reign with this great God. So we come tonight to just present hope to you, not to scare you, not to depress you. You're going to have some things that it's going to be hard to believe, hard to wrap your mind around. I'm going to talk about some things that when it's later on after Brother John, because he's not going to be able to stay the whole night. Brother John is going to do this presentation here. He'll probably have to leave a little early. Uh, but I'm going to I'm going to be talking about some things that that is going to be very hard for anyone to believe. Okay, uh, uh, so that's just some of the, the things we are about tonight. Uh, what the show is not. What the show is not. Here's what it's not. It's not for those with itching ears that want to hear some dramatic. They want to hear just like some good movie or something. This is not for those with itching ears. Please, if you're not trying to follow the Most High. And, uh, and, uh, and, and do what he has told us to do. And you don't understand how important the signs of the times are, how relevant, uh, how serious, I'm trying to say, how serious we are right about now in our lives, in our world. You know, if you don't know about genocide, how they're trying to get the population down, if you don't know about a lot of the things they're doing to our children and to our diet and to our elders and to our young boys in the streets, if you don't know about a lot of things you don't want to really hear a lot of these things, you probably want to go to another show. Probably want to do something else with your time tonight because we're going to talk about some very disturbing things that Lucifer, Satan, is trying to do, trying to uh, get us to buy into. And... Um, you know, so just know that's what's coming your way. Again, it's not for itching ears. Another thing it's not for is not to praise the devil. It's not to praise Lucifer. It's not to praise Satan. It's not to make them look stronger than the, than the Most High, stronger than, than, than what we're able to do uh, against the kingdom of darkness. No, no, no. It's not to praise the enemy at all. It's to expose the enemy for being powerless, defeated, a, a liar, a thief. It comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's really what this is all about. Lastly, this show is not for complainers. So just know that, folks, that is what we're doing tonight. And so what I want to do at this time is just go ahead and bring on uh, uh, Brother uh, John all the way in Kentucky, Ohio. Uh, let's do that. Eric Coates, take a plane or something, because he's, he's a nice little hop and jump from Texas up in Kentucky. So let's take a plane all the way up and stop in Lexington Airport and pick up Brother John Clark. Okay, air code 972, that's a Dallas number, but he's definitely in Kentucky. 755, Brother John Clark, are you there? What's good, Brother Seth? How you doing? I'm doing okay, Brother. How you doing? Everything is good, but what we're going to have to do immediately is take a reroute from Lexington to L.A., because that's where I'm at, sticking with Rich out <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, so you up in California with Sister Eliana. So maybe y'all can carpool yeah, to the, yeah. down to the show. <laughs> well, yeah, brother, again, so. I want to thank you for... 
I want to thank you for taking the opportunity to come on the show. You didn't have to do it because you're a busy man. And then, you know, I really appreciate all the research you put into this topic. And, and just you coming on and sharing tonight. So go ahead and, never, and tell everybody a little bit about you and how to get a hold of you. And then talk about why this topic interests you. And then I'll, uh, we'll, we'll go into that uh, and then ask you some more questions about the topic and let you do your thing. Well, thank you, Seth. First of all, make sure you tell this audience that I said, hey, that is my sister for show. I want to make sure that I give both you and she the proper recognition due because, as you well know, I'm very grateful for the time I spent there with you all, and that's going to be on my lips for some time to come. Um, yeah, I'm pretty – matter of fact, as I will do that. stated previously um, – about John Clark, go back to the previous show. That'll that'll give you pretty much uh, a good idea of who it is that I am. I won't belabor you with uh, a repeat of that. Um, but I've known Seth for pressing 20, 25 years or so, more like 25, yeah, it's probably about 25 years, and Seth was uh, instrumental in giving me, along with some of my colleagues, the insight. Uh, we were students at the time, uh, insight into who we were uh, biologically, that being Israel. And for the folks, listen, if you are like, well, nah, you don't believe that, that's fine. It's not even a, a prerequisite that you do. Uh, what no. most important is your relationship with God by way of the Messiah. We call him Yahawashah. You can call him Jesus. It's nothing more than a translation, but that's what's most important, and that's what this particular show, as well, as well as all the shows that Seth has done, he's trying to give you insight into the most important aspect of your life. Do you want it to end, or do you want it to go on forever? Because the only way that it's going to go on forever is for you to get in contact with God by way of the Messiah and have everlasting life. With that being said, Amen. I'm going to jump Amen. right into that. I'm going to let you all know that, number one, speak of Satan slash Lucifer, it's like a lot of persons get really concerned, and it's almost like, you know, you don't want to speak that name, whatever the case may be. Uh, folks, it's really not that serious. Um, yes, he is a powerful entity. However, we serve a God who created him. <laughs> and so for some of you, I'm going to get into that deeper here in a moment, but I need to go from the end at the beginning. So we're at the beginning. I'm going to jump to the end. And I want to let everyone on this phone know, on this show know, I prayed for you in advance to let you know and that God would comfort you if this is a concern of yours. It's very important that you recognize that here in Western civilization, here in Babylon, which is this system that we are all a part of, um, I should say a part of, but we're in it, um, they spend billions upon billions of dollars in Hollywood making movies. They're called horror movies. Some of them are supposed to be for entertainment, but be assured when they spend that money, they want to implant an idea in your mind. And you would say, why would they spend millions of dollars? Because if they can implant an idea in your mind, 
the only thing that that idea needs is additional support to continue to grow and become a permanent construct in your mind, disallowing you from seeing the truth of the matter. I want to tell you the truth of the matter tonight. The truth of the matter is that Satan is a defeated foe. He already knows this. The spirits, the demonic spirits that run with him, it's a foregone conclusion. They're fully aware of this. So the question then becomes, well, then then what's going on? What what are they doing? It's about you. It's about man. Man and Satan are enemies. And what Satan is attempting to do is deceive as many as he can. So I'm going to tell you what's going to go down uh, at the end so that you'll understand the power of the Most High God whom I serve by way of the Messiah and through the blood that he shed for me. I want everyone to know that if at any time the words that you hear me speak or the words that Seth or Eliana or, or El or whomever it is, if those words are also seed and if they touch your heart, that you need to reach out to Brother Seth and he will lead you to the Messiah. And it is a glorious thing to have because Amen. none of us, we know the power of these evil entities, but we are not the least bit concerned because we know and have a relationship with the God that has all power and dominion and authority. So be assured of that. So I'm going to go to Revelations 20, and I'm going to read the end of Satan. And it reads, Then I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal on him, so that, so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after, th- after these things, he must be released for a little while. Folks, one angel did this. <laughs> One, one angel did this. When the Messiah returns, a multitude of angels coming back to this earth, earth to repay retribution for those who turn their backs on him. Folks, one angel did that. All right, uh, it's stated that he put him there for a period of time so that he could what deceive the nations no more. I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but I want you to remember that so that he could deceive the nations no more. All right? Um, So I want to talk to you really. Now, keep in mind, what we're talking about is Satanism, Luciferianism, which are not entirely the same, but I want to lay the foundation first because if you understand that foundation, when I speak to you about loftier ideas and notions, you will better understand them. Just like mathematics. You start out with the simple formulas, and then you go to the more complex. 
Ezekiel 28, 14 and 16, it tells you who Satan or Lucifer at the time used to be. And it reads, thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. Iniquity just means something sinful, something no longer holy. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane or as something no longer holy out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Folks, I recall one time seeing a YouTube post where there was the quote unquote what we call the white Jesus. We all know that he's not white and not that color is such a big big deal, but they spent billions of dollars making sure that they put that impression upon us. But it was quote unquote white Jesus and Satan like arm wrestling. Folks, this is not that, that, <laughs> that is so far from what any type of interaction between our Messiah who made Satan and I'm gonna I'm going to give you that scripture in just a moment. It was, it, he's telling him here in Ezekiel, he's going to destroy him. Well, wouldn't it be nice if he destroyed him right now? Well, it would be nice, but then there would be some finished business. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. I told you I was going to tell you about how, or uh, how, who made Satan. Here we're going to jump to John 1. And it reads, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made. You may be asking, what do you mean the word? Folks, the word is none other than Jesus the Christ, Yahweh HaMashiach in the Hebrew. He is the word. He is the truth. He is the light. For some of you, if you want to know and understand these scriptures, once again, just holler back to Brother Seth, and he can give you instruction. I can yeah. give you instruction. Diana can give you instruction. El can give you instruction and insight, and we can go over there in greater detail. But this is not the platform to, to go into all of the scriptures. I just want to give you an overview. But the word is the Messiah. Now, understand. The Most High God is the Father. The Messiah is the Son. The Most High God made everything that is through the Messiah, through the Messiah, all right? And I'm going to give you some additional insight on that in a moment as to, well, if the Messiah is all-powerful, then, you know, why was he crucified? We'll talk about it. Isaiah 45, 5, 7, it states, Matter of fact, uh, keeping with the trajectory of thought on Satan being a created being, the question would beg to be asked, why would God create Satan? That would be the logical progression of thought, would it not? I want to take you, take you to Isaiah 45, 5, 7, and it states, I am the Lord and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee 
though thou hast not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord, and there is none else. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Some of you should be conflicted in your mind, like, what What did I just hear? Did you just say that the Lord, the Most High God, the Father, created evil? Yes, he did, folks. And you'll understand it, at least if you just kind of turn on your spiritual understanding or at least try to consider what's taking place in this realm that we live in, you will understand why that was a necessity, because there had to be a dividing of peoples. There had to be a dividing of peoples, and we're going to get into that in just a moment. Now, folks, I want to remind you, yes, we're talking about Luciferianism. We're talking about Satanism. Do not shake in your boots over this matter. God has unequivocally placed a hedge of protection around his people. He has placed a hedge of protection. But, folks, let me tell you something. Even those who are not his people, he has placed a hedge of protection around them too. It may not necessarily be the exact same degree of hedge, but if Satan had it his way, he would just run through mankind. But he cannot because he works under direct order. He knows who he can and cannot touch. Folks, Place yourself in the hands of the Most High God. That is a very, very secure hedge of protection. So why, why, why would God make evil? I'm going to read to you a scripture because I told you a moment ago it's so that there could be a dividing of people. Second Thessalonians 2 and 8 reads, and then shall that wicked be revealed. It's talking about the Antichrist. Let me give you some context. It's talking about the Antichrist. And we expect these, these times to be coming upon us quite soon, actually. And I read, and then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his, even him, again, the Antichrist, whose coming is after the working of whom? Of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders. Where did he get this power and these signs and these lying wonders from? We're going to touch on that in just a few minutes. The time is at 8.45. Perfect. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Why? Because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this call, God shall send them strong delusion delusion that they should believe a lie. Folks, powerful. That's why Satan is here. There are those who believe the truth. They see the truth, they believe the truth, and they want to go after and become one with the truth. And the truth is none other than the Messiah. I just told you a moment ago, he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. That truth is nothing more than the Messiah, but he's rejected 
Whenever you see all these people on YouTube saying the Bible ain't real, none of those characters in there are real, it's all fictitious, yada, yada, so on and so forth, you hear the atheist saying that there is no God. When there's no, there's no way you can have a billion stars and they're not running into each other. They work in perfect order. Perfect order. Folks, they choose to not receive the truth. I'm going to take a quick sidebar because it's imperative that you understand that what we're doing here tonight is extending to you the truth. And that truth is this. We are at birth a broken person. Sin is in our DNA. And the only way back to God who cannot live in the presence of sin, sin has to be out, is through Jesus the Christ, Yahweh HaMashiach. He has Amen. paid the price, his blood, for you. Now, if I pay for you to go see a movie and I have the ticket, it's your choice whether you take that ticket and walk into that theater or not. The blood is available for you. <laughs> Folks, you have no idea the strength and the power of what I just said. That blood, one more sidebar. My boy who I'm with here now, his name is Rich. He told me about a time when he was here, L.A., young guy, first year in college, and he, he and a friend was downtown L.A. doing whatever the case may be, and they came up on a guy. And by the way, tell Rich they, I said hello. Uh, I will John be just I'm you. sure he'd be glad to hear <laughs> from you. But, yes, Rich, and, and the guy's name was John, too. Right, guy. Not that it made any difference, but I just wanted to make a distinction between he and myself. And a guy came to them whom, as they spoke with the guy, they realized that this guy was possessed with the spirit and was speaking to them. And keep in mind, folks, all people who are possessing the spirit, their heads are not spinning around, they're spitting up green vomit or whatever. A lot of these people are just as normal as society allows oftentimes. But when they mentioned to him the blood, <laughs> Rich told me this literally like 30 years ago. When they mentioned the blood, the guy said, oh, the blood. Yes, the blood. <laughs> this dude, he knew what was going on, that these truly were men of God. And that, with that very term, it means something in the spirit realm. They were young kids, and, and, and it was just as God would have it, have, uh, have it be, a more mature Christian man came along and kind of handled that situation. And, you know, they were young, and they hadn't really dealt with that. But, folks, that blood, when you are covered with that blood, Folks, that is impermeable. The only thing you can do is step out of it. But when you're covered with that blood, the blood of the Christ, they know what time it is. As hey, we go through, talk, yes. Uh, Brother John, if I may interject real, really quick because you're running with this. But um, remember, uh, brothers and sisters, that in the Old Testament, the blood of Bulls and goats made Israel righteous. 
think about that for a minute. But it just wasn't enough because they had to keep killing more bulls and more goats, and and that's why we have the Messiah's blood shed once and for all. So don't underestimate this blood that takes away all sin and make you as the very righteousness of the Most High Himself. We are as righteous as the Most High Himself. So John cannot talk about the blood enough. Go ahead. I just had to. I just had to say that. Brother John? Okay, I think it's line drop, folks. But again, I just, uh, God, I want, John is getting excited. I think it's, he must have moved to something. It's line drop. So listen, I'm going to be, while he's calling back, because I'm going to be calling back here in a second, I just want to, again, thank everyone for tuning in to this very uh, relevant relevant show. We got so much Luciferian going on in our society today and I just thank Brother John for having the the spirit to to want to handle this, to tackle this and to do as good as he's doing so far. I hope you listen. This brother's saying a lot of things. John is kind of quiet. He's just going to see hit, but what's coming out of his mouth is profound. As you see already, we just getting started. So again, you listen to Fox Smooth Stonks Network tonight. I'm Brother Seth. Again, I have Brother John Clark on the line. Also, I see where Sister Eliana Badia has tuned in, and John is back. So let me go ahead and get Brother John back on the line. Brother John, are you back with us, brother? I'm with you. What happened? Phone just decides to hang up. It does that sometimes. It's like, like you need to move or something. Well, I'm glad you're back. And, and Sister Eliana, let me go. I think we have Sister Eliana in the house. So I'm going to bring her on out there. John, I want you to just pick up where you left off. Uh, Sister Eliana, are you there? Ma'am, how are you doing tonight? Shalom, sister. Shalom, shalom, and yes, I'm here and excited and just got in, so um, looking forward to hearing Brother John uh, come back and pick up and finishing what is, he was talking about. Um, okay. Very excited. Well, Sister Eliana, again, thank you for tuning in. I never I never take for granted any guest that comes on this, this show, so thank you again for your time. I know you're a very busy lady, and y'all, everyone, uh, remember LSU is going to be joining us a little later on. Okay, Brother John, you got the floor. Go right ahead with what you're talking about, please. Uh, no doubt. Sister Eliana, I just want to say hey. I hope everything is well with you. Yes, thank you so much. Everything is well. Um, actually, very I, I feel I'm recuperating from a fall, so that's why I got in a little late. Uh, but Uh-oh. I am well, and I'm highly favored and blessed of the most. Amen high. to that. Yes, yes. Amen to that. Uh, as a matter of fact, with Sister Eliana joining us, what I would like to do, I'm going to do a quick recap. To, yes, to get us to where you. we are At the outset the, the very thing that we want to do Is go to the end Of everything And then come back uh, And tell you about that At the beginning because Whenever you're talking about Satan or Lucifer People are impacted by What Hollywood has done But I'm here to tell you again That Satan is a defeated Foe He will not only be cast into the bottomless pit for a thousand years, he, when he comes out of that bottomless pit, is going to be cast elsewhere. And I'm going to talk to you about that in just a moment. But that's the end game, folks. There is no war with God and Satan. Satan is following orders. <laughs> Satan, Satan works within parameters, parameters that God has 
success. All right? We talked about how he came into being. He's a created being. How can a created being actually overcome the creator? He cannot. He knows his time is limited, and that's the reason why, folks, he is looking to what? Deceive. That's his job. Why would he deceive the people? Because there's the enemy relationship between Satan and man. Okay? Um, I explained to you that in Isaiah stated that God created evil. And why would he create evil? Well, folks, it's a mechanism so that there could be a division, the division of the people of God from those who chose not to accept the love of God. All right? So that's where we were. And, again, the scripture that I was giving you was 2 Thessalonians 2 and 8, and I'm just going to jump down to the part that's most important because, again, it lets you know why he's here and what he's doing. Because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved, and for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. And again, folks, for all of those persons, when you lay out the gospel, it's plain. It's plain. And they choose not to receive that. Well, what they're going to get is a full dose of deception. Okay? And our job is to uncover that so that they can see. That's what we do. We uncover the work of darkness. So let's see what's going to happen to Satan at the end of time. I told you a moment ago that he was cast into the bottomless pit by one angel. For those who think Satan is comparable to the Most High God, one angel cast him into that bottomless pit. One angel. Now went one angel. So for he was there for a thousand years. And the scripture reads, now when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison will go out to what? To deceive the nation. Oh, are we starting to see a trend here yet? That's what he does. Deceive. Which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog. We're not going to talk about that now because the only thing that I wanted you to take from that was that Satan was going to look to deceive the nations. And they went up Again, further in that verse, they went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. That was all of those armies that Satan had deceived, and they came together and was about to attack Israel, but or not, because they are no more at that point in time. And the devil who deceived them, yes. I mean, brother, I know you're moving. I know you're just going, moving right along, but I still can't. Every time you say that, it does something to me. One angel, folks. All this <laughs> place angel? Satan gets on this earth, and one angel take care of him. That's powerful. Go ahead, brother. Yeah. And tell Brother Rich, I want to hear from him also. Let, let Brother Rich and I want to hear from him tonight also. I remember him from those old studies. Rich is actually in Altadena. We were supposed to be working on his house. But oh, okay, okay, my bad. And the Brother traffic Richard. here in California is such that you just don't roll out at a certain time or you just don't be okay. there. So he's not even in the house. 
But again, one angel um, that's powerful. Go right ahead, brother. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so again, the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Folks, that's his end. It's not like he was putting up a good fight until the third round. No, he was cast. <laughs> he was just thrown into the lake of fire. He was cast into the bottomless pit. He had no power to contend. All right? It's important that you understand that. I want to talk one hey, man. Uh, one more time about um, that Satan is under orders. All right, folks? I'm going to take you to 2 Samuel 24. When I first saw this, matter of fact, I, I know even a lot of persons who read the Bible regularly probably haven't seen this because when I saw it, I was just like, wow, I missed it all. It was probably, goodness, at least 20 to 25 years into my walk with the Messiah when I saw this. Um, many people are familiar with the time where David numbered Israel, and he got in trouble for, for doing that. Um, and the reason being is that if you have a God who tells you that one to put 1,000 flights, two to put 10,000 flights, why would you care what the number of fighting men in Israel is it's your Lord who fights for you, the captain of the host. And so the scripture reads it like this. This is Second Samuel 24. I'm going to read two scriptures because they, they tell the same story but from a different angle. Second Samuel 24, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he moved David against them to say, go number Israel and Judah. Now, the most high, uh, I'm sorry, I'll say the captain of the host. And I don't want to get into the particulars, but uh, I just want to let you know that the captain of the host was God. And he moved, he was angry with Israel for some infraction that, that they had done. And he moved David against them to basically do a census, just like we have a census every 10 years here in the, in the United States. They were just counting men who could go to war. However, if you go to First Chronicles 21, you'll see the exact same event from a different angle. Satan stood up against Israel and moved David to number Israel. So David said to Joab and the leaders of the people, go and number Israel from Beersheba to Dan. Well, folks, that sounds a little different, doesn't it? What that is, folks, is God used Satan to get David to number Israel. It, initially, we only got the overview, but if you look at the intricacies, what happened is that the creator used the creation to influence another created being. And so I only put that in along with my other content to let you see that there's nothing that Satan does outside of the parameters that God has set. He follows direction, which is what God wants to happen. Like, you might be like, why, why would God want that? Once again, folks, there must be a division a person who has nothing to be tempted by 
will normally just follow a particular path. There is a tempter who may place, quote, unquote, the proverbial cupcake on the table. You weren't tempted by a cupcake until the cupcake was there. That's his job, all right? So let's talk about the nature and methodology that Satan uses, the nature of Satan. I'm going to go to Genesis 3, and in interest of time, I'm going to do, I'm going to jump down. I'm not going to read it all in its entirety, but Genesis 1 through 6 will give you insight into Satan. But I'm going to, it, it states that he was more subtle than any beast in the field. And as you all well know, Satan tempted first Eve, and then Eve gave to Adam the fruit that they were not supposed to eat. And when he gave the, when he told Eve to eat of the tree, she told him, no, we're not supposed to eat of that tree because God said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Not supposed to eat it, not even touch it, or you're going to die. The serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die, for God knows that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as God, knowing good and evil. Folks, that is key. That verse is key because what he's telling her, number one, is a lie. It's a deception. But he enticed her and told her that this fruit, and folks, understand something. This is not an apple as Leonardo da Vinci or whomever the case may have painted. This is not real fruit. In the Bible, the Bible use, uses what's called allegories. It gives you something so that you can better understand something else. In the Bible, men are oftentimes portrayed as trees. Those trees produce fruit. That fruit has seed, and that seed can be planted to produce what? Another tree that does what? Produce fruit. It does what? Has seeds in it, and so on and so forth. This fruit was not an actual piece of fruit. It was something more than that. I'll leave it at that for the sake of this discussion. But it says, and when the woman saw the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took it of fruit and ate it. Gave it to her husband, he ate it. I'm going to take you quickly to John 2.16 because these particular verses correlate. Now, I don't want you to think I'm some prolific Bible scholar. Rich probably was the one who gave me this insight many, many moons ago. But this lets you know what the devil uses. This is the reason why this particular part of our discussion is the nature and methodology of Satan, or Lucifer, if you will. So the woman took of the fruit, and it says that she saw that it was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and desired to make one wise. John 2.16 says, it's, it's, to give you context, it's telling you to do not engage yourself with the world. And it states, for all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Pride of life. It's not of the Father, but of the world. Folks, follow the correlation. Eve saw the tree that it was good for food, lust of the flesh. It was pleasant to the eyes, lust of the eyes, 
and desire to make one wise, the pride of life. It's important that you understand that, folks, because that's what Satan uses to deceive people and draw them away from the Father. Satan, it states in Isaiah, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Why am I telling you that? Because we're talking about Isaiah his nature. 14. Isaiah 14, folks. We're talking about his nature. He wants to be worshipped like the most high. Folks, that previous scripture that I told you, he told Eve that if she ate of this fruit, it would make her wise. Folks, if you ever hear of anyone who is telling you that, you, in and of yourself, can be like God. You you have the God mind. You are part of the universe, and, and you, in and of yourself, can accomplish some type of new place of thinking and, and reality and consciousness. Welcome to what Satan just told Eve, okay? Hey, Welcome hey, to, hey Brother Welcome John. That, yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Uh, again, we just let Brother John just free flow here with minimum interruptions. We do, we'll jump in with a question or a comment every once in a while. But uh, I've heard this often spoken, and I've even taught it myself, and I want to know what you have to think about this because you're on the same topic. This to be on the same uh, comments just made. Satan said the day you eat the, uh, the Father knows, or he said God knows that you'll become like him, knowing uh, good and evil. And the scripture says when they ate that day that the father said the men have become like us to know good and evil. And this is what I, you know, I'm going to play a little clip later on with someone else talking about Luciferian as well. And uh, this is exactly, this gentleman didn't say that, of course, he kind of hit him a little bit. But what I'm trying to say to you is that's what the father said out of his own mouth. The men have become like us us to know good and evil. That's what Satan said. The problem is Satan lied when he said the day you eat thereof you shall die. Your comments on that please. Absolutely. I'm actually going to take the (laughs) me and Rich somewhere on the 110 between Altadena and LA um, just talking about whatever the case may be. Rich literally was just talking about this yesterday and what he was saying is this. It's not as if God had no intention on continuing to give Adam and Eve knowledge and understanding. It's just that what Satan did, he offered it. He offered it all right then and there, and that wasn't the plan. And and so as you stated a moment ago, and I concur, that they did get um, the knowledge of good and evil, but it, it, it wasn't in the way that God had intended. They broke the law, and okay. he lied to them and said, you won't surely die, and surely are they with us today? No, they're not. 
And the death process started immediately because the first thing they did, they hit themselves. That was a part of death, the guilt, all that part of death right there. So they did die that day. There was a different Adam before that boy, before he sinned. But go ahead, I'm going to let you do your thing, brother. Uh, Not a problem, Seth. Thank you for the question. Um, I'm just finishing up here, folks. This is my last point that I'm going to make because, again, we haven't gotten to the particulars of Satanism and Luciferianism. And the reason why, because I need to lay this foundation so that you understand what Satan is doing <clears throat> and the way that he does it um, so that you can, when we get into these other areas, you'll get why people are doing what it is that they're doing. Now, I'm going to take you to Matthew Four and eight. This is the time when Satan goes to tempt the Messiah. Now, understand something, folks. The Messiah allowed himself to be placed in flesh because that was what is called the propitiation. That's how the work of salvation was to be completed. He took on flesh, the same type of flesh that we have right this very moment. So he took on flesh. Now, a lot of times, you, especially in churches, folks, you hear people ranting and raving about demons doing this and demons doing that, and this is demonic, and so on and so forth. Folks, most of the stuff that you deal with day to day is really just your flesh. These are the immortal words of none other than Brother Seth. There's nothing good that dwells in your flesh. The works of the Amen. flesh are already readily apparent. I'm not going to go through them because you can read them, and I'll probably miss two of them. I'll just name the ones that I'm dealing with, and I'll probably miss two. Uh, but the point is that he took on this flesh, which means that he could now be tempted, and that's exactly what Satan did. Once he was baptized, he was driven into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, and Satan began to tempt him. I'm not going to go through all the temptations. I'm going to focus on just one. It's Matthew 4 and 8. This is the last temptation. And it says, the devil took him up on an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. It's important that you understand that it wasn't just the kingdoms. It had to be the glory of those kingdoms. Why? Because that's where the pride of life is. Remember I told you a moment ago about the things that are in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, pride of life. He showed him the glory of those kingdoms because that's how he he entices. And he said to him, that being Satan said to the Messiah, all these things I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Well, folks, we know the story. If you don't know it, I'm going to tell you real quick. Why would the creator fall down and worship the creation? Well, because the temptation was in the flesh, but he didn't. He said, get thee behind me, Satan, and and the temptation was over. The only reason why I bring this particular scripture to you, folks, is because it gives you, as the, 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 the title of this section stated, the methodology of Satan. This is him tempting the Messiah. He utilized glory because glory feeds a person's pride. 
lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, the pride of life. I ask you a question. Do you think that Satan stopped using those methods just because he couldn't tempt the Messiah? I submit to you that he has not. He continues to put on the table for those who are willing to worship him the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. First John 2. These said, yes, thank you. This is his arsenal, folks. And that arsenal, it appeals to our flesh. Who doesn't like food? That's what he gave with the lust of the flesh. Who doesn't like a cool room when it's hot outside? And we all know what hot has been <laughs> in the last couple of days. Who doesn't like the, their soul being satisfied? Who doesn't like a beautiful man or a woman as your mate? It appeals to your eyes. Who doesn't like a, a, a Bugatti, a, a really nice house with X amount of rooms on a palatial estate? It, it, these things appeal to your flesh. Who doesn't like to be recognized as an authority in a particular discipline or to be a political leader or to be heralded as the best singer or whatever the case may be? Well, folks. Satan has given people places of power, authority, and influence because what? They bowed down and worshipped him. Folks, they have to show one way, shape, or form. They have to bring, come with something. The next time we speak, I'm going to play to you video from what was called at the time the first family of Satan. I'm not going to go through and tell you about these folks just yet, but one of these high-ranking officials, if you will, in the Church of Satan, started by Anton LaVey, he stated plainly, if you don't have anything, you're welcome to pay your dues and come to the meetings, quote-unquote, but we want people who have something to give. It's the Christians who, don't, who say, come as you are. No, you need to come with something. That's what he stated. I'll play that for you because, again, I don't want you to take my word for it. They want people who can influence other people. Why? Because the greater the influence, the greater the deception. Now, folks, I'm going to close. I'm going to close. Uh, with the victory that Christ has. Well, well before, you close, when you, before you close, yeah. uh, Brother John, let me do some. Uh, uh, I just want to give any, anybody opportunity to ask questions on any of the things you have mentioned so far, if you don't mind. Is that okay? Sure. No, no, please. All right, folks, again, uh, you listen to Five Smooth Stone Network, and we're talking to Brother John. Uh, uh, and he is laying out this Luciferian uh, thoughts and behaviors, again, that threaten life as we know it. 
And uh, if you have any questions or comments, please press 1 while I'm looking at the phone lines. I don't always stare at the phone lines. So if you have a question, now would be a great time to ask. Uh, please, and I think we have Brother Ella Shewitt in the house. Brother Ella Shewitt, if that is you, press 1. Press 1 if you are in the house. But listen, I just want to say this really briefly. After Brother John get through, uh, we're gonna. Uh, he's gonna. I don't know if he's gonna leave just yet, but I'm gonna play a clip that's gonna be validating everything he's saying, pretty much. In another way, you need to hear various people say the same thing. Sometimes it's good to have that witness. You need to hear this this little clip I found on the video on on YouTube. Now I don't uh, espouse or don't agree with, don't endorse this brother. He kind of talk a little bit about. It sounds like reincarnation. I'm not down with that part, but the reason we're playing this, family and friends, is because of his uh, insight on Lucifer. I just, he was the best one I heard. I'm just going to be honest. And so I've learned, you know, when you're learning things, you're not always going to endorse everything your uncle or aunt or minister or professors say, but that don't mean they don't have truth. So we're just only playing this clip just to get the truth he is saying about Lucifer. So that'll come up after Brother John here finishes. But I think Brother Ellis is in the house. Let me just go to the phone line real quickly, all the way to Fort Worth, Texas. Air code 678-559. Brother Ellis is that you? Hello. Good evening, Brother Seth. Brother John. Hey, how y'all doing? As uh, Sister Eliana okay. the line is well. Yes, she is. Sister Eliana, go ahead and say hello. Good evening, Sister Eliana. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm doing well, doing well. I'm blessed. Just uh, glad to hear you all's voices. Uh, sorry to chime in late, but I got here as soon as I could. All right. Good to always Well, that's you okay. You're, you're right on time, and Brother John is going to finish up, and then we're just going to ask questions or make any comments or anything, any, any type of uh, input we have on the topic as well. Uh, like I said, I'm gonna uh, after he's done, I'm gonna play a little video, uh, audio rather. That's gonna be pretty much validating everything he's. Well, most of the things he's saying about Lucifer, we kind of have to hear more than one voice. Nothing wrong with that, just a witness. So, brother John, go ahead and finish up. I think everybody know who LSU is. He can always give his bio a little later on, if you can, because you was on a roll there, if you don't mind. Not a problem. Um, the last thing I just wanted to to, to state again just to let you all know who we are in Christ. And, again, if you're not in, get in. If you don't know how to get in, hit Brother Seth up. You have Sister Eliana, Brother L, myself. We can talk to you. We would like to talk to you. Um, that's the purpose of the show. Um, the, yes, and one more Messiah, thing, and one more thing Brother John. Uh, please yeah. forgive me. Please forgive me. I forgot it. It's, it's a, on a little note here right in front of me, and I forgot again. Folks, for whatever reason, since we had the one drop show, I'm kind of paranoid now. I just always have a backup plan, so I have to tell you what the backup plan is. If for any reason this show dropped before 10 o'clock Central Standard Time, uh, that's 11 o'clock Eastern in uh, California. I think that's 8 o'clock. If it drops before then, please know this. It's not Brother Seth. Call the show back, and if you get this voicemail, it says there are no shows recorded. Ignore that message. Keep calling back. I'm setting up a dummy show in place of this. That's if we drop for some reason, okay? Because, again, we're doing spiritual warfare on this topic. Go ahead, Brother John. Yes. Um, Colossians 2. I just want to let you all know, uh, again, the victory that was had 
by the Messiah when he was sacrificed for the sins of man and the impact that it had. I'm going to go to, again, Colossians 2, starting at verse 14. It talks about what happened when he sacrificed himself and was brought back from the dead by the Father, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances, ordinances that was against us which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Folks, this is King James talk. Let me just tell you what happened. He put foot to ass, all right? Can we say that? <laughs> ass is in the Bible. <laughs> Folks, that's what you always wanted to do. When you had that one fight and you may have lost it or you really didn't get it good, this is what you really wanted to have done. You wanted to beat that behind in front of everybody, the students, the principal, the teachers. That's what the Messiah did to Satan and all of his cohorts. He took away all of their strength and authority, and now he sits as we speak at the right hand of God, far above all powers, names that can be named, he is the head of them all. And we, as born-again believers, are in him. We are co-inheritors with Christ. Folks, if you've never had someone die and leave an inheritance that you're a part of, you may not get that, but we share in the inheritance with Christ. He said the things that he did, we would do greater things. Folks, when he comes back, he said he's bringing that inheritance with him. He's bringing that glorified body for us. He's bringing that with him, and I'm looking to rock that, all right? That's when we can no longer be tempted, folks. Because we no longer have that body of flesh. It says he will rule the nation with an iron scepter, an iron rod. We will rule with him. Folks, let me tell you something. I no longer <laughs> am anxious for the things of this world like I was before. I'm an older man. I've matured, and I recognize that. As some of these pundits say, the most important thing on this earth is time. And I vehemently disagree. The most important thing on this earth is life. And you cannot have life when you're separate from the Messiah. And if you have that life, you have more time. That's what's most important. Time is nothing more than a derivative of living. It's a derivative. So, folks, Understand that Satan is working hard to deceive and people are being brought in because they have influence and they want to influence you. I'm going to tell you at some other date how to identify them, how to understand what's taking place, and how to operate in a higher degree of knowledge and understanding. Um, we're going to be naming names. I am bashful. We're in and outside of the church, we're naming names. So with that being said, Brother Seth, thank you so much for letting me freestyle it. I went way over my time. 
don't know why I always put more content there. I'm thinking I don't have enough. <laughs> but I forget the freestyle part, and uh, it goes over. But thank you for letting me speak, peoples. Thank you so much for listening. Sister Eliana, Brother L, Brother Seth, Sister Eileen, good looking out. Seth, it is in your hands. Well, I really appreciate that, that laying that out scripturally uh, about uh, Satanism, Luciferianism. We're going to take it to another level, folks. We're going to go and keep diving into this. Again, any questions or comments on anything Brother John just said before we kind of uh, start adding our, 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 our insight into this heavily, um, uh, we don't even know how to express it. It's just this, this doctrine, this thought, this behavior, these thoughts and behaviors that just have permeated our society. Um, uh, Sister Eliana, anything to Brother John before I ask my questions? And Brother uh, Ella Shore, again, if you have any questions for Brother John, this will be the time to ask because we're about to switch gears and start getting into what does this mean in practical, everyday life? Where, where is it at? The music. Because uh, uh, people have tuned in. Remember, we said this in our in our show's description, Luciferian thoughts and behaviors. So what are what's going on in our world where people can say, oh, so you're telling me this thought, these thoughts, this behavior, this philosophy, this is Luciferian? What? So we want to uh, hit that this at the second half of this. But I thank Brother John for laying it out. And uh, I'll tell you all what, let's do this really quick. Let's do this real quick. Uh, go ahead, Brother uh, Ellis, real quickly. John, I don't know if you were did you if you did, but did you uh cover any issues dealing with the Illuminati? I did not. Actually I made it a point to lay down the foundation at the outset because be it the Illuminati, be it skull and bones, be it the uh be it the the um uh whatever given which uh, not what do you? I forget what you call them, covens. Whatever the case may be, it all will always lead back to the foundation which we just spoke of. So I didn't even get into any details. This was really quote unquote Satanism, Luciferianism, one on one. Well, yeah. one of the reasons I asked is one of the reasons I asked because it sets the sense to turn, change gears, and you're going to see addressing Satanism and and Luciferian works and influence in the music industry. Um, to address it without having some type of understanding for the people in terms of what the Illuminati is, um, its objective, uh, um, so forth, then you're going to have an incomplete, you know, um, you're going to have an incomplete message, so to speak. So, because literally, um, when you talk about Satanism and when you start talking about hip hop in the music industry, you have to understand. When you can deal with all the nuances and the way it manifests in, in people's lives and in the music, but if you want to actually address what's behind it, the driving force that's driving everything that's going on behind it, you have to address in some aspect, if it's nothing more than a fundamental knowledge, A, B, C, 1, 2, 3, of what the Illuminati is, um, and, and I mean, really, of what it is, simply because it exists, and, and, and for us to talk about that issue, it's all, it's incomplete because I'll, I'll I mean literally if we're going into that vein I'm well, going to be saying the word and you're not going to have no idea what I'm talking about but John can okay. speak in about well, three minutes. Well, brother Ellis, sure we're going to let you do just that. I think he's I think he's on to something. He's absolutely right. No need us talk about 
and in our society. That's very good. After what Brother John did, laid down one-on-one brilliantly, I might add, a lot of scriptures, a lot of scriptures he put out there for us. More importantly, he divided it properly. And so I just appreciate, John, what you just did. I really, really thank you for that. I owe you for that. And uh, I just want to play this little quick little clip, and then I think I think it's just... <laughs> I think Brother LSU is going to have to uh, just lay that foundation he just spoke of. So this is what I want to do, y'all. Check this out again. What was that, Sister Eliana? You had asked, you had said, Sister um, Eliana, do you have anything to say? And then you just kept going. So I did have something to say. I did want to make a little Sorry comment. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. Um, it's really, really brief, but I don't know if, Brother John, because I got in a little late, but um, that scripture in Revelations where it says, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth, for Satan comes down having great wrath, for he knows that he has a short time. And we're in that time period. Uh, so I just yeah. wanted to add that portion. I'm not sure if that was brought up. It was not. And actually, that is apropos. Uh, because the obviously even with ourselves, when you know you have plenty of time, you approach things differently. But when time is limited, um, all of a sudden activity has to pick up because you have something that needs to be accomplished. It goes without right. saying that what you just stated, Sister Eliana, and even what L stated, um, it, it, there's no way in a 45-minute time frame that we could really. That, matter of fact, when I spoke with Seth in advance. Seth was naming all different things. Are you going to talk about this? I'm like, no, no, no. And, and the reason why is because, again, I just wanted the foundation. And now, of course, in this next segment that, that, that this show moves to, if those things come up, you know, that's fine. And, and I'm confident that L, uh, yourself, Brother Seth, uh, can lay the foundation next level, so to speak, so that people on the, on the line can understand uh, what it is that we're talking about, uh, but yes. be it be it music, be it polit- be it politics, be it just power and authority, even even if it's a police officer, folks, even something that's it's all about power, it's all about influence, folks. Satan needs police officers. He needs them. He needs them to pull triggers needlessly. Why? Because when you do that. That causes outrage. When that causes outrage, that causes uproar. When that causes uproar, that causes clashes. When that causes clashes, that causes, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Social upheaval, anarchy. Oh, that's the reason why I laid that foundation, because everything will always lead back to Satan, who wants to be worshipped by man. He has a plan in place. And what Sister Eliana stated, that activity, it's, it's on and popping right now. Well, also, you I not, just want to also mention when you yeah, started please. talking about all of those things leading to that social upheaval, another, there's something really, really important also that is a part of Satan's wanting to be worshipped and part of his kingdom structure that, of course, he's operating, like you said, under direct authority orders from the Most High because all things are in the hand of the Most High, ultimately. But there's something about the blood, and when there's a lot of social upheaval and there's bloodshed, that is another, um, it's just similar to what happened with uh, the Messiah Yeshua, with the shedding of the blood, being the remission of sin, yes. something about when yes. 
when the demonic realm sheds blood, it, it ushers in another level of power for them and authority. So, um, but we're not on that tonight. But I did want to bring that up so, you know, well, you it's part of. the box, though, Eliana. That is, that is so, oh, what, she is, what she's referring to, it goes into oftentimes some of these rituals. Exactly. Blood has, blood is a necessity. What is, look, if I may, Sister Eliana, just yes. spin real quick. Why, folks? Why the blood? Because the Bible says that don't eat the blood because in that blood is the life. That's exactly. where that life resides, in that blood. And that's the reason why that blood is important. That's the reason why it's an integral part of their uh, rituals. That's the reason why that's what was shared by the Messiah. That's the reason why the example of the Messiah's blood was the blood of bulls and goats. That life had to be given, and and that blood of the bull and the goat it stood in the place of that man. That man had, or that woman who may have committed that sin, gets to live, but the blood was still shed. So Sister Eliana, that she she, <laughs> there's so much to be said um, with what she just said. When that is done in mass, and, and it's done in mass, folks, a lot of this bloodshed, it's, it, it is orchestrated. And you may be like, Brother John, now you're tripping. Well, I laid a foundation. I'm not going to jump into that. Sister Eliana did this, y'all. Y'all talk to her. She, she started this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to jump into it either, but just as a quick, I'm going to part because I do know Seth is going to play a clip. But I just want to say um, with that, on the, the the fact of the blood that's been shed, the scripture does talk about that battle. We talked a little bit last year. Last, I'm sorry, yesterday. I mean, you guys forgive me. We talked last week a little bit about the Harmageddon or Armageddon. Um, something about yeah. that battle is because the scripture talks about a lot of the blood that had been shed, the blood of the prophets, the blood of the saints, and the land needs to be cleansed from that multitude of blood. So. We're not going there tonight. That's a whole other topic, but it also is part of that Luciferian plan. It's part of the Illuminati. It's a part of all of what's happening in the end times, which are some of the topics we've been talking about over the last several weeks. But I did want to make the comment for the um, hearing of the listeners, and uh, Seth has a clip he's getting ready to play. Well said. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Brother, I was sure anything really quickly before I go play this clip, anything? Uh, nothing other than the fact that the comment that um, Sister Eliana said in regards to the blood um, and what will take place in the Battle of Armageddon is that actually uh, the odd thing about it is that blood can be perverted. It can be corrupted. But blood, as we know, as a result of our salvation, can be also used to cleanse. And ironically, the purpose of the Battle of Armageddon is not only the judgment of all the Gentiles who have come Israel, but ironically, the blood that will flow will be used to cleanse the land. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Absolutely. Well, folks, again, uh, appreciate the comments, uh, and, and we're going to do more of that for sure tonight. We're going to hit it. We're going to take what Brother John said. He laid a foundation. And so, I mean, we was able to see clearly what this brother was trying to do, and now we're going to just put pin this into society, things you see, taste, touch, and smell, you're probably involved with even yourself, hope not, that is straight up Luciferian. I mean straight up Luciferian. So we'll be right back to a little short break.
And I uh, just really want to know what your brothers and sisters have to say about this right here. Again, I don't endorse this gentleman. kind of hits a little bit of like reincarnation. I, I'm not endorsing that part of the video. Just so if you're listening, I'm, I'm, we're not endorsing that part. I just mainly am playing this because the Luciferian, his insight, I think, is profound. We'll be right back, folks. Again, you listen to Five Smooth Stones Network. Hi, I'm Hans Willem. In this video in the Life Explained series, I would like to explore with you the Luciferian Doctrine. Now you may know about Lucifer, but have you heard about the Luciferian Doctrine and how it influences our world today? To understand where it came from, we have to go back to the 11th century. All of Europe was in the firm grip of the Catholic Church. At that time, the Church was sending thousands of men as crusaders to recapture the Holy Land and in particular Jerusalem, which had fallen into Muslim hands. Now, who were these men, these crusaders? They came from all walks of life. The one thing they had in common was their belief in the Catholic teachings. However, when these men traveled to the Middle East, they were suddenly exposed to many different beliefs and spiritual teachings that they had never heard before. These teachings came from Judaic and Islam mysticism, they came from Egypt, from Greece, and even from faraway places like India. For some of these men, they were a truly mind-blowing experience. They also began to hear different interpretations of familiar biblical texts, things they had never heard in their church. Now, one particular passage stood out. It was a story of the snake tempting Eve with the apple. The Catholic Church had taught them that the snake was Lucifer or Satan, who deceived Eve by promising that if she would eat from the forbidden tree, she would become like God. Suddenly these men were introduced to a very different interpretation. They heard that Lucifer was not evil or Satan, but the God who wanted to save and educate mankind. In truth, they called him the Lightbringer, the real God, and that Yahweh or Adonai in the Bible, was in actuality the devil, the suppressor of mankind, because he didn't want Eve and Adam to know their true identity. This teaching became the famous Luciferian doctrine. Now, when these men returned home from the Holy Land, they continued talking about these new ideas and interpretations. But they knew they could only do so under strictest secrecy, as the Church would torture and kill anybody who would question or challenge their teachings and authority. This eventually led to the birth of many secret societies, most famously the Templars, the Rosencrucian and the various Masonic Orders. These very mixed teachings from many different occult traditions were secretly studied, eventually enwrapped in rituals and protected by gruesome and blood-curdling oaths that the members had to swear to ensure secrecy. But everything changed in the year 1888 when the founder of the Theosophical Society, Madame Blavatsky, made most of these teachings public in her famous book, The Secret Doctrine, which she spiced up with some of her own fanciful imaginations. Central to Madame Blavatsky's teaching was the Luciferian Doctrine. The first edition of her book stated, 
that Lucifer is the only god for our planet. No surprise that her magazine was also called Lucifer. It was a beginning of what we now would call the New Age. Originally, it was promoted as the time when the Lightbringer, Lucifer, would lead mankind to a new era of tolerance and peace. Rudolf Steiner started off as the secretary of the German Theosophical Society. He later founded the Anthroposophy movement. Another famous person was Alice Bailey, who founded the Lucifer Publication Company in 1922. And then there was the well-known science fiction writer H.G. Wells, who also published a book called The New World Order in 1940. With this book he promoted a world government and a secular world religion. Other important figures were Annie Besant and Charles Leadbeater, who thought that they had found the future world teacher in a 14-year-old Hindu boy called Krishnamurti. However, this did not work out as planned. Krishnamurti eventually dissolved the entire organization. So, the Luciferian doctrine is not only central to members of highest degrees in some elite Masonic circles, but also expressed in several New Age teachings of today. Let's look how this doctrine influences our life. Here we have the planet Earth, where according to the Luciferian doctrine, the worldly affairs are ruled by the Lord Lucifer. Now, as spiritual beings, we come from the spiritual worlds. Okay, folks, we're back. That is, uh, uh, again, I just like how he kind of hit that. His name is Hans, H-A-N-S, Wilhelm. I enjoyed that, brother. I really enjoyed that, brother, as far as his, the way he talked about Lucifer. But anyway, let's go back to the line. We've got three guests in the house. Three co-hosts, I should say, in the house. They really not guests. Brother John Clark. I can turn it down just a little bit again, folks. You listen to Five from the Stone Network. If you have any questions or comments for our guests, go ahead and press one of the phone lines again. Like I said, I had to turn it up a little bit. Uh, but we have Brother Elishua in the house of C.L.E. on Brother John Clark just laid it out earlier. Uh, one-on-one, Luciferian one-on-one. So I just want to go into Sister uh Let's go to Sister uh, Brother John. What did you think of the gentleman just then, uh, uh, Brother Haynes? Uh, what do you think of that, Wilhelm, please? I thought that was excellent. I thought that was excellent. Um, the, the, given us the heresy um, that was created with, quote-unquote, Satan being the light bearer, uh, as it were, it makes all the sense in the world that that would be the position that he would um, ascribe to himself, that he was the one who was looking to give information and understanding to mankind, and then how that really proliferated to all of these secret societies, which is a buzzword nowadays, these secret societies, which, again, um, I'm not sure if anyone is going to speak on it now, but it was something that... I wanted to really get into detail about at a later time, but I I enjoyed that particular segment. Perfect. Yeah, I thought so too. I mean, you know, he kind of. Anyway, uh, Ella Shure, what did you think of it? 
Um, I think it's a perfect tie-in and a good opportunity. Uh, Seth, when I heard it, I was like, whoa. Here we are back again last week. Mind up my mind. Picked up upon precept. I think that you should allow Seth, I mean, allow Brother uh, John, yourself, to give a brief synopsis of what the Illuminati, because when he spoke about those secret orders, the most prominent one existing in the Western world today is the Illuminati. And does not only are they influencing what goes on in regards to entertainment, but they also have heavily influence in regards to what's going on in government and policy. Um, the other thing is, is that I never, I make a habit of not to refer to Satan as Lucifer for the very reason which John just stated is that the word Lucifer, Lucifer really goes back to a Hebrew word that means light, light bearer. And what that is, that is a twist. You have to see the deception in it because with all the origin, what he told you is how the origin comes back. It goes back to the Garden of Eden, and it goes back to the contrast between the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. Well, when you look at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which they say according to that particular doctrine that Satan represents, that's very consistent. But here's the thing, and we'll get into this at a later time uh, because uh, we're going to follow on this trend and deal with hip-hop or music and other things and let us follow suit. But here's the thing. When we talk about these things, they affect the society. They affect the culture. But there is a much more dangerous element in which they have woven their influence to, and they have actually played a part in this creation, and it affects the most what we would call the most pious among us. And uh. that, yes. And that is the issues in that when we're given the opportunity to dwell into it, especially when we deal with the issue of Babylon. Because here's the thing. When it comes to the people who have the ability to oppose the efforts of Satan, those who have the ability, the Bible says, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and violence uh, take it by force, and it says that the gates of hell would not be able to prevail. See, what he, the whole enemy's in, intent right now is to get us so consumed with playing defense that we never come into the place to what we are called to be, and that is prevailing against the gates of hell. Well, well, hold on, hold on. I can tell you, I can tell because I want you to run with this next. So let me go to Sister Eliana and get up because I got a feeling her comments gonna be pretty brief. And then I want you to run with this, you and Brother John, if y'all don't mind. I just don't, I want, I don't want to over talk to Sister. So let let's let her comment and then LSU. I want you to pick up where we left off and just take us. That's why I played the clip. Remember, I want you to come back in and make it practical. Lay it. I want you to start off the second segment if you don't mind. So, sister, you you okay with that, brother? Brother, sure. Yes, sir. Okay, sister Eliana, any comments on what you just heard from the clip, and then we're gonna go back to brother Elishu and brother John. Let them uh, do their thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, I just wanted to make the comment out of Second uh, Corinthians, chapter eleven, and verse thirteen through fifteen, and it says, "For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of." Christ, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light, being Lucifer, the light bearer, the Illuminati. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers 
also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works. And that is actually what we're seeing in the world today, as uh, Brother Elishua was saying. Uh, it's affecting all of society because it's coming down from the head, uh, from all of your um, leaders. I was looking at some information on the royal family, and I noticed today, I was kind of browsing, they go to, to the, their house of worship a lot. And that house of worship, their their faith is Anglican, angel, uh, angel of light, and it was started by King James. And uh, it was um, their their whole form of worship comes out of an Anglican form of worship. Which huh. is the worship of angels? Angels, I'm sorry. Which of the head of that church, of course, is Satan? So, a lot is, uh, you know, there's a lot to be said about uh, that clip. It is, you know, our world today as we know it. All of our politics, what's happening with the United Nations and the countries coming together, the treaties they're making, the alignments of nations coming together, all has a lot to do with the influence of this fallen one who is up on the earth, who has a short time, and he has an agenda that he's trying to fulfill. But as Brother John said earlier, his you know, his kingdom he cannot overcome the kingdom of the most high. He is actually on an assignment. And the assignment is to purge the earth between the righteous and the unrighteous and those that will follow after the most high and those that will not. So that's my little brief comment. Very good, very good. All right. Brother John, do you have anything before I let you get started here? Uh, no, I just wanted to just, again, comment. That was such a, an appropriate scripture uh, because you should see how it all ties in. You have the quote-unquote uh, light bearer, uh, inappropriately called. You have the Illuminati or the illumined one and as that scripture was stating that Satan transforms himself to an angel of light his ministers uh, are putting themselves forth as ministers of righteousness and they're not and so it was that's just a good scripture uh, thanks Sister Eliana, Sister Eliana for that you're uh, welcome Brother sure. yes sir hold on was Sister Eliana are you trying to say something no, I just uh, I just uh, acknowledge Brother John. He said thank you, Sister Eliana, and I said you're quite welcome. Brother Elisha, you got the floor. Yes, sir. John chapter one, verse one. Brother, Brother John, are you still are you on the line? Yes. Okay. And and, and before, brother, please excuse me, Brother Elisha, for keep saying this, but I know when I put these shows out there, I know why people are tuning in. And uh, they needed what Brother John was saying, and they need what you're about to say too, Brother Elisha, and the sister, uh, all of us, what we're saying. But I just want us to make sure we make it, let them see how some of the things that we're participating in every day is a part of this. Because some people say, well, that, that's all... That's all out there. I'm not serving Lucifer. I'm not serving the devil. I'm not serving Satan. I'm not serving any of these wicked people. I don't, I don't get this show. What does that do with me? So I want to tie into how we are doing things. But Ella should kind of started up a minute ago talking about the rap music. I mean, music. And so I just want to want them to want the people to see that this is not. This is very relevant in your face, in your house. 
probably in your mind's topic. This is serious. Luciferian, Satanism, I know LSU don't like me to call, you know, I understand what he's saying, but I'm talking about this belief system is serious. I'm going to share something a little later on after these brothers, I'm going to let them do their thing, and then I'm going to put some on y'all. You're going to see exactly what I'm saying. Uh, they have an agenda for this world. And so I'm letting LSU start off. I'm sure he'll do a good job. But LSU, go right ahead, please. Well, um, I want to say something, Dan, Brother John, if you don't mind, if you have your um, scriptures in front of you, there's a scripture in John yeah. 1, the first seven verses. And after I finish uh, stating what I'm going to say, kind of set this up, if you would, I would ask you, if you would, please read it for me. And this is what I want to say. A gospel or epistle? Uh, the gospel of John. Okay. And this is what I want to say is that when you talk about what is called, quote-unquote, Luciferian doctrine, which is Satanism, um, you have to go all the way back to, as the person on the video stated, to the beginning. Because that's where it has its beginning. It has its beginning in the garden. And the garden that was presented to trees. And the most high, because people say, well... You know, the law is obsolete. Well, I doubt that because he began this whole thing with a law. Anytime the Most High, Yahweh, Yahweh, the creator of heaven and earth, tell somebody, tell us as a people, or gives us a directive, that is a command. So when he commanded them not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, there you have the inception within the scriptures of law. That's within the first, like, three chapters. And what he says, simply put, is that you shall not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, lest you die. And he says, uh, but you can eat from the tree of life. Now, as the gentleman just stated, quote, unquote, the doctrine of Satan, a.k.a. Luciferian, that is what is oriented, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's in the scripture in Romans, I mean, sorry, in Daniel chapter 12, it says that there will be a common time where knowledge will run to and forth throughout the earth. With the inception of the internet, what has become many people's religion, and yes, even in regards to Christians, is knowledge. Not truth, knowledge. Because let us never be confused. Truth is not a concept. Knowledge is is an accumulation of facts oriented in a particular concept. From out of that, we get things like philosophy, psychology. But when you're dealing with truth, this is not a concept. Because according to the scriptures, truth is an entity, a divine entity. His name in the English version of the King James is Jesus Christ. I'm in Hebrew. I like to stick with the authentic, so I call him by his Hebrew name. And that is who truth is. When he was speaking to the Israelites and speaking to them in the Gospels, he said, and he's speaking to them, the Jews, he said, Do you search the scriptures night and day? For in them you think you have eternal what? Life. And he said, What? They. What is they? The scriptures are they. What scriptures were you speaking about? The Torah. And the prophets. He said, they are that which testify of me. So now when you go back to the garden, 
what has been placed, been replaced even by ministers. Now they're calling themselves life coaches. And, and when Sissy Aliana read that scripture talking about how that Satan will disguise his ministers as ministers of righteousness, well, let us keep that within that. Let us understand the, con- the context there. Let us understand the theological context and what we're dealing with there because what that says stately is that there are people in the so-called body of Christ, quote-unquote, perceived to be Christians in the church, and they are ministers. They are even people who are of the high-ranking of apostles. And so see, Eliana, according to the scriptures, what does Satan call, what does, what does the scripture call these people? The Satan, well, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, what was that statement again? And according to, according to the scriptures that you just read, what does the scripture identify these people to be? Ministers of righteousness. Exactly. So that means that as we know, the only religion that we know of faith whose orientation is in righteousness and justification is in is what religion would that be, Brother Seth? Brother Seth had to step away. Okay, so I'll ask you again, Sister Yaliana, what religion would that be? That would be the the, the religions that come uh, out of the Catholic Church, all of your Christian Quote, unquote, Christianity, right? Christianity, exactly. Huh? Right. The child of Catholicism. Uh, Christ is the end of the law for what? Righteousness. Um, our righteousness is not ourselves. Um, what is it saying, John? Uh, um, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all what? Unrighteousness. Unrighteousness. Of all unrighteousness. So when you talk about the message of righteousness, that re- that message is central to one faith worldwide. That is Christianity. So that means that when Paul, and Paul is addressing what? The body of Christ. He says that as Satan has ministers within the body of Christ, within the church, and they are so-called ministers of righteousness when actuality they are servants of Satan. Absolutely. You know, when you say that, Mm -hmm. I want to just interject really quickly, because when you say that, this is really, really, really key for everybody to understand. The seed, we talked about trees and seed and fruit. The seed of Christianity is, is, is coming out of that concept of righteousness, but what is the fruit that we see in the churches today? The churches today, we see unrighteousness, we see homosexuality, we see all of the works of the flesh out coming out of the churches today. So that is proving what you're saying, that these ministries are being run by those ministers that are from Satan, and that the fruit of their work is the works of the flesh, and it's not of righteousness. And according and according to the Messiah, the reason why I come now it has become so prevalent is because according to all indications from the scriptures, we are approaching the time of harvest. And if you read in the Gospels, when it talks about the parable of the tares, and it talks about how a servant sowed good seed, and he went away and left it to his husband man, and he said, and they developed tares among the wheat. And in and, and, and the scripture, in the matter of fact, uh, the, the response is from the disciples, well, who sold the tares? And they said an evil one sold the tares. And when did he sow the tares? While men slept. And he says, and then they asked him, well, shall we remove the tares from the wheat? 
And he said, no. And the reason he said, no, he said, don't do it until the time of harvest. Well, harvest is another word for maturity. When you're talking about raising plants, when you're talking about crops, crops, agriculture terms, the word harvest actually means maturity. The plant has now matured. It's ready to be picked. Now, here's the flip one next. The Messiah said, do not separate them. He said, at least when you pull out the tares, you will also pull out some of the wheat. And the reason why he said that is that when you look at actual tares, it's called the narrow. It looks exactly like wheat until it buds, until the time of harvest. Now, that same wheat causes sedation. In other words, when you go into the op- hospital for an operation, before the surgeon, surgeon proceeds to do what he does, an anesthesiist comes in and they gives you a, gives you a medication to sedate you. That is the effect of the tear. Now, here's the thing about it. When it talks about the tears, it says don't separate them until the time of harvest. And he said, who he said, when were they planted? It said, well, men slept. And it says, and you do not separate them until the time of harvest. Well, here's the thing. If we go back and we look at so-called church history, we understand this, that the church never, that, that what we, what the messianic movement was never perceived as a religion that was associated with the Roman Empire. It began in the second century when the basis and the home of so-called, quote-unquote, the messianic movement changed its name, its space, and its location. When it was moved to Rome, and it went from being the messianic movement of the Jewish population, of the Jewish community, and then it began to be perceived as a religious faith called Christianity. You know when that happened? That happened in the second century. Guess what happened prior to the second century? The 11 men who were giving, who were giving the responsibility of spreading the gospel were all dead. In other words, they were all asleep. And then another 150 years later came a man named Constantine, and he legalized, and what he did is he legalized officially the religion, quote-unquote, Christianity. And from that is where you have the birth of the Catholic Church. And they have been, as you would say, the governors of the Christian faith since that point. I know you say you're Protestant and you're not a Catholic, but 60% of the particular theology that holds forth in Protestant churches comes from Catholic churches. Now, you heard the man say that that particular Luciferian doctrine was associated with what? Catholicism. So there you have it. That's just the beginning of it. That's just the foundation. I really would like to go into death, but I would like to go into death and place it line up on when you're dealing with scriptures. But when we go back to the whole issue of the Luciferian doctrine, it's rooted in what we would call humanism. It is the accumulation of knowledge. And it's based upon knowledge being synonymous with light. Now, we're going to read the Gospel of John, but let me give you the context in which the Gospel of John was written. Because the Gospels are not biography of the man known as uh, Jesus Christ, uh, as we now some known Yahweh and others call Yehoshua and some call Yeshua. But they are not biographies of his life. What they are, they are theological trustees on what he believed, what he taught, and what he practiced from four different perspectives. And, and, they are, and they are done within a context. When you read the Gospel of John, the context is, against of all things, a particular form of esoteric thought called Gnosticism. Guess where Gnosticism comes from? It is, the, it is oriented in the, in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. 
So when John write, is writing his gospel, he's just not writing a letter and putting it out there for people to read it, but he's reading it within a context. He is combating something. It's what you call an apologetic writing in defense of the truth. Now, Brother John, and listening to the words, there's a key word in which the guy on the video discussed, it's the same key word is in the scripture that Sister Eliana read, and now we're going to see what is Yahweh's defense against that as spoken through one of his apostles. Go ahead, Brother John. Gospel of John, and, and, chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. And, and why he's getting that? Just FYI, listen to every word you said, brother. I just couldn't respond. I had this phone and I can't respond, but I heard every word. Again, you listen to Five Smooth Songs Network, everybody. If y'all have any questions or comments for our guests, please press 1. I'm looking at the phone lines. Um, LSU, you're doing a great job. I appreciate you laying this foundation. I see where you're going now. Sometimes it's better just to do it. Now I understand why you was doing this. Then when we bring on the... Um, um, Practical, well, I shouldn't say practical, but things that where we can see it more clear in our society will make more sense. So y'all doing a great job. I'm just listening. Go right ahead. Again, folks, press 1 anytime. You have to press 1 now, but just anytime. I'm watching the boards now. Since they are doing, running with this, I can watch the phone lines more. Um, just press 1 if you have any questions. Go ahead, brothers and sister. Brother John. Brother John there? Brother John, are you there? He might have stepped away. So you want to need some, uh, what scripture was that? I'll read, I'll read. I got it right in front of me. Okay, in the do beginning it. Was, in the beginning was the word. That's a capital W. Now, remember what I just said, the context in which John the Apostle is writing this. He is writing this to refute an esoteric called, belief called Gnosticism. Uh, we see it today and what we call New Age, New Age thinking. It has now transcended that particular title or identification as New Age thinking. Now it's called, of all things, the conscious movement. And it has infiltrated, it has infiltrated Christianity. Many of the preachers today are oriented in their theology of longness thought. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, or the Word was with Elohim. That word Elohim is the Hebrew word for God, and in this context, it is plural. It is not singular. So it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with Elohim, and the word was Elohim. So that's saying that whoever we're talking about, whoever the word is, he was Elohim as well. In other words, he was God as well. It says the same was in the beginning with God. So therefore, we know we're speaking of one someone who is alongside what we come to know as God or God the Father. Okay, it says, and all things were made by him. So that means that when it says in the beginning, Elohim, again, is the word for God, but it means plural, means more than one. So when it says in the beginning, God or Elohim created the heaven and the earth, this is a confirmation of that very scripture. People, let me tell you something. When the when the Christ was in the streets with the with the um with with the Sadducees and the Pharisees in his ministry, he always received them with the words. And when the scriptures that he received them with was the Torah and the prophets. So it's imperative that you notice so you can have a complete understanding of really what all the New Testament encompasses. Because really if you don't understand 
the foundation, the introduction of the book, it's pretty difficult for you to get the whole gist of the body of the book. So again, it says all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended not. There was a man sent from Elohim, whose name was John. The same came for witness, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not of that light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. So here's the thing. The enemy will always take that which is pure and perverted. He'll take that which is true and corrupted with lies. And much of what we have been taught within the arena of our faith has had much to do with a lot of corrupt teaching that has been inherited. I don't blame every pastor for the particular theology for which they espouse. Because if they went to a seminary, they went to a theology school, that was the information that was taught to them. The only issue I would have for them is that they do not have the courage to search the scriptures for themselves. And even if that means moving away from the traditional thought system of everything that has been perceived to be true. Because the more you get into the scriptures, you're going to find out that much of what's being taught is not contra- it's contrary to the truth. It's not consistent with truth. And again, truth is a person. So why am I saying this? It's because when you started getting into these in, into what's going on with the belief system, now you understand that this is satanic. This whole pursuit of knowledge, the knowledge of good and evil, what we're trying to do now is mix the tree of the not. Remember, we are regenerated. We're born again. The word generated, if you break the word down, it means to re-gene. Genes. Genes. Are, are, is what makes you, is what builds you up. They contribute to your DNA. That's what makes you a person. So when you're born again, what people don't know, it's not just a spiritual transformation, it's actually a physical transformation. And that's why I come, Christ kept on emphasizing the point, you must be born again. And that word, and that phrase born again, comes from the word that means, and it even says it in the New Testament, in the gospel, regeneration. And so, therefore, we're supposed to be agents of light. But what is happening is that we have let the darkness push out the light. Because it says that the gates of hell should not be able to, to, to withstand the prevailing of the kingdom. So the thing is, now when we get into this issue of the Illuminati, I mean, we get into the issue of Satanism, I mean, issue of Satanism and hip-hop and all of this, what we have is the kingdom of darkness at work and running free will. And the very people who have been empowered with the authority, the dominion to overcome Satan, have become missing in action. And the reason we're missing in action, Seth, if you heard what that man say, remember I mentioned a movie to you today about the movie title of the movie called The Assassin's Creed. And in that movie, there was a it was a, there was a back and forth given between a Catholic official and a scientist. And what the objective of what they want to do is to control human behavior so that they can control mankind. And this is what they stated. Up to this point, we have controlled mankind through religion and politics. And now we're able to control them through money, through via 
commercialism, through, 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 through uh, what's the word I'm looking for? For materialism and commercialism. Now, who quoted so this? Huh? This was, in, this was in the movie I told you about today called Assassin's Creed. These people who are speaking, okay, they okay. are these people who are speaking, who are literally in the movie, they are representing the very thought process which you talked about, which you sh- displayed in the video, that is that Satanism, Luciferian uh, system. So what they're saying, that our system has been affected because we have worked most effectively through, pol- through religion and politics. And now our most effective tool is materialism and commercialism because people are more concerned about their quality and comfort of life than they are about revolution and about truth and about liberation. People will actually give up their rights and some of their liberations in order to gain comfort and luxury. And that is the world we've come into. So in actuality, unless you're willing to be against the grind and go against the grain, for the most people part, of the people in the world. That's why I made the point last week about the scripture where the Messiah said that broad is the way to destruction and many they're into it. Well, guess what? We can talk about this Luciferian doctrine. Those people are people who worship the devil. And that's what you have in the music industry. That's what you have in forms of politics. You have these things called spirit cooking where you have these politics are coming together, like Hillary Clinton. Well, I wouldn't say Hillary Clinton, but her chief aide, the, uh, I forget the guy's name and many of them, and they have these satanic uh, worship services. That's what's going on in Washington, people in the government. And then we talk about what's going on in the issue of music. Uh, every time you, when John gets to the point where he starts to tell you about the hand signals and the things that are throwing up, what they're doing is that they're telling the people who are in these secret orders is that, hey, we're repping you. So the music that they make, the objective is to influence society towards the negative. It's to push the, the society into that place where it's chaos, and then what they will do, and this comes in every movie when you talk about people taking over the world, and Seth said something one time, he was quoting something, but it's very true, and it says this, and I think it was Al Pacino from a movie, and he said that the truth is often stranger than fiction. Amen. And that is the reality we live in. We live in, a, we live in a reality where truth is much stranger than fiction because fiction has been wrapped in a way so that you may perceive it as reality when in actuality you don't know that you are living within a matrix that you have been actually conditioned to not even think for yourself. Because we look at TVs, we have all of this external communication coming in, directing our thoughts. When you look at the 5.30 evening news at night, you're not looking at what's going on around the world. You're looking at what they want you to have your attention on. They're looking, you're looking at what they want you to think about because they're controlling your thoughts. Even the military has a thing called MK, mind control. It's been documented in everything that they design that they designed for the purpose of controlling mankind. And so that's what they used. I told you last week I mentioned the fact about my son 
and how that he used to listen to hardcore rap music when he would go to sleep. And that music, and I used to tell him, I said, that is, it's more dangerous for you to listen to it when you sleep than it is to listen to it when you're awake. Because when you're awake and you're conscious, then you have mental blocks that can receive certain messages that are coming. But when you're unconscious in your sleep and you're in a, like a subconscious state, then you have no defenses against the messages that are coming in. And, in, and when you go to some concerts, some of Jay-Z's concerts and some of the other concerts, these guys who are straight-up Satan worshipers, you see it in the hand gestures, you see it in the clothing that they wear. They pay homage to the devil. Well, you know what? The name, uh, like I tell people, that's why it's so important that you do understand the correct names of the Father because these people will come in, and guess who puts us in? So-called Jews. They have people calling the, the Most High Jehovah. Jehovah literally means in the Hebrew the God of mischief and wickedness. And when you look it up in a concordance, it says the it, it says the Jewish national name for God. But when you look up its roots in the Hebrew, and if it comes from the actual Hebrew culture, it does not exist. It's a name they made up. And that's why when we really get into talking about that aspect of it, and we show you that these people are literally just as we are as believers, we have been called to be ambassadors of Christ. Where the people right now who inherit the land of Canaan, known as known once as Palestine and now known again as Israel proper, where the people who inherit that land come from a place that in the book of Revelations calls the seat of Satan on earth. And then when you connect that with the scriptures in Revelation 2 and 8 and 3 and 8, and it calls those very people, it says those who say they Jews or not, but are not, but are the, say they're Jews, but are not, but do lie, but are the synagogue of Satan. Well, those are the people, those names are the people who run the music and the movie industry. They run it. They control it. Okay. They before you, before you, Okay, before you leave uh, the whole Jehovah thing, because I'm telling you, I know how people think. Uh, that A lot of people are stumbling over that. So what Hebrew did you get because we have Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Siskanu, Jehovah, uh, just, just, I mean, Jehovah, Jehovah, millions of songs, millions of people crying out, Jehovah, Jehovah. Where did you get that from? Because people are going to have issues with you on that, and they should because this is how they was taught. But I have come, I'm trying to find the source myself. Maybe you don't have to. I can find it for you. I'm, I'm looking at the strong concordance right now. And, and, I get you saying, and I just told you the source. The source is it comes from Jewish scholars. They're the ones who translated the scriptures, and they and, and they impose that name on the scriptures. It is not in any original manuscripts or Hebrew or even copies of the original Hebrew manuscripts. It's not in a Hebrew manuscript because the word Jehovah, again and again, uh, or Jehovah, is not that word literally means the God of mysteries and wickedness. And so, if you study the scriptures, and here's the thing. Go find the word in your scripture. And remember this. Hitler, I mean, what's the guy's name? Hitler was the first man to say it, and now our president said it before he got elected, but yet we still elected him. He said, if you tell a lie, and you tell a lie consistently enough, you tell a lie loud enough, what happens after a and you tell that lie to enough people, what happens is that lie eventually inevitably becomes perceived as the truth. Okay, now, and that and that is well, what's happening in this regard because what happens is that when they translate it, but here, this is how you find out the truth. Anybody can do this. 
go to a concordance and look up the word Jehovah. And then okay, I got it up right here. Okay, brother, okay. I got it up right here. Okay. I'm in the strong the concordance, and the transliteration of Jehovah is Yehovah, Yehovah. And uh, this is what it says. Okay, Jehovah equal in parenthesis uh, the quotation the existing one, uh, the proper name of the one true God. Uh, if you move on down, Yehovah, Yehovah. I mean, excuse me, Yehovah, B-A-W, and it goes on to say Jewish national okay. name of God, name of the supreme God among the Hebrews, the later Hebrews for some centuries before the time of Christ, uh, either misled by a false interpreter of certain laws, whatever that means. Okay, let me see if I can get more information here. I'm in the Strong's Concordance, so we're looking at number... Um, mm-hmm. Uh, hold on, this is, if anybody want to check me out, this is H3068. The name of the Supreme God among the Hebrews, the latest Hebrews for some centuries before the time of Christ. Uh, now, where did you get your research from? I mean, you, you, if people are going to go, you got to send them. Well, here's the thing. You can look it up. You can go on the Internet and put that in, but here's the thing. If you if, Now, a lot of people cannot derive things the same way I'm, I derived it. Remember, a lot of these people, you know, I'm not fluent in Hebrew, but if you read it, if I see it and I see it along the side to English, I can make way I can understand it. A lot of people can do that. But what gives you a key in the very thing that you just read, you said it was a Jewish national name for God. Now, the next thing you go is that when you look at a word, when that number right there, what's the root word? What is the root it comes from? It should give you a number. It should give you a root. Or well, uh, the root word the root word is etymology. Um, mm-hmm. uh, excuse me, uh, etymology means root word. It comes from the name uh, H nineteen sixty one. H is in Henry nineteen sixty one is a root word, and uh, to be what is it, to what be become come to pass exist now, fall out. Now, uh, now, where you got that from? Where you got that from is out of Exodus. I think it's the 13th chapter. I can't remember clearly, but what that is is that when the, when 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 Moses is talking to the Most High, and he says, yes, I did get out of Exodus. You're right. You're right. You're right. right. I did. He said, right. He said, "Who shall I say sent me, and what is his name?" I'm gonna show you how that's wrong, and even and, and that that is an error. He says, "Who shall I say sent me, and what is his name?" Moses, the the Most High responds, and he answers Moses' questions, both of them. The first thing he said, he says, who shall I say sent me and what is his name? The first question that the Most High answers is, who shall I say sent me? And what he gives the phrase, he says, tell him, I am that I am sent thee. Where in the Hebrew, that means the all-existent, self-sufficient one. That actual Hebrew for that is the higher assurance. It is not, it is not Jehovah. There's no way you can get that out of the Hebrew. Any Hebrew scholar online who can call in right now, verify that, or you can call Brother Yahshua, and he will tell you there's no way you can get Jehovah out of that phrase. And that's where that comes from. And when the actual the Hebrew for that is the higher assure. In other words, you are reading something when you read Jehovah that was made up, and I forget the guy's name, and the, of the, the Jewish scholar, and he's the one who interpreted, he's the one who created what you call contemporary Hebrew. And then they apply that to scripture. 
Well, you have to understand that's the biggest problem that we have in, in, with the whole scriptures is those people translating the scriptures because the very people who translated the scriptures, their objective was to deceive. We see that's the scripture. We see the connection. We know who they are. These are the people who wrote the scripture. But as I just proved to you, if you if it showed to you, rather, if you read that scripture, it says, I am that I am. And you said, that's who sent me. And then the, the Well, I, I, can, I can, I can guide the folks and and we can. I don't want to get too, too deep into the name, because right, you know. Right, but but, but I can I can vouch for one thing, and that is I am that I am. I am is saying higher. Now that I know for sure, and that can be. Uh, uh, you, all you gotta do is take this strong some cartilages and just and, and type in the word um, the I am that I am. That phrase, the name, the number, and you can get a higher. But anyway. Um, I just wanted to, uh, just because I know how people are thinking, and uh, remember, folks, uh, we have done these shows where people also call him Waymaker, people also call him Bird Bear, and does the father reject that? No, because it's the heart, and it's what they mean. They're not calling on these, whatever these names, so don't get tripped up and think we're preaching some new doctrine. The bottom line is, if your heart is right, you're crying out to the father, he knows exactly who you mean. It's like the same word with Jesus, and the J, and all of that. If there was no J in the Hebrew, you know it couldn't have been no J for Jehovah. So you should, if nothing else, that should make sense. So, uh, brother, yeah. should keep on going when you're going because we was getting to hitting. You was you was doing a good job showing Luciferianism right. and uh, different parts. You mentioned rap music. You mentioned different things, and and then I want to also uh, chime in here a little bit in Cecilia. I know she have something to where I want to show Luciferian in a in a in a in, a, in, in something I found today that's just going to blow a lot of y'all away. Again, something where you can actually see that's in our world, that you can see, taste, touch, and smell everyday life that we are either giving strength to or maybe we are aware of it. But, folks, I'm telling y'all, this is this is all around us. The gay agenda is a part of it. Uh, uh, there is the music world. Facebook is a part of it. I mean, this is this is in our world. I mean, you know, um, the whole the way we look at money, like what LSU is saying, the financial slavery, uh, debt, all these things play into this Luciferian system. And uh, later on, I'm going to talk about some called the protocols of the learned elders of Zion, how there was a royal family, well, not a royal family, excuse me, but powerful people committed to Lucifer, and they put out an agenda. And when I tell you what the agenda was back in, I think it was the 1700s, and where we are today, you're going to be like, there's no way that could be true. But it is true how they have controlled us even up until this day. They set forth something in motion before it even happened. And we're living out what those protocols said back in the 1700s. you got to check this out. Go ahead, Brother LaSure. Yeah, and one of the reasons why I was... Hey, hold on, hold on. I don't want to get Sister Eliana. Sister Eliana, anything, because, I, 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 you know, anything you have to say or, or share, we don't want to... Look, you look over your thing. I know you probably got some things going on. Are you there? Oh yes, I am. Um, I wanted to mention when uh, uh, Brother Elisha was talking about the regeneration, because that's a term that we don't talk about very much, but it is in Scripture, and it's um, in Matthew nineteen twenty-eight when uh, Yahushua said, um, uh, "And verily I, he said unto them, Verily I say unto you." that ye which have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit upon the on the throne. The throne, I'm sorry, I'm re- only reading part of it. But um, that term regeneration, he said, um, 
upon the throne uh, of his glory, ye shall ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. But the term there, regeneration, is not something that's that's heard very much and Elshua was saying that and it it does mean like he was saying the re genes, recreation, um, the new you know, making a new. So it's, this is a whole theme that what we hear in modern Christianity today, they don't really talk about it like that. Um it's not reincarnation, it's it's a remaking of the um the whole structure. Uh so um I wanted to comment on that because I found that interesting and I kind of ran reference on that word and uh, just so that the listeners understand, you know, when we're speaking, these a lot of these terms you can find right in the scripture. If you just type it in, you can find it in the scripture and then just do your own research, go deeper uh, on that because that's how you increase your learning, your knowledge, and your understanding of the the ways and the plans of the Most High and also gain insight into the topic that we're talking about. But I, I just wanted to comment on that on that word because I found that interesting that we don't mention that word regeneration much, but it is very much something that we are looking forward to um, Good point. as part of our existence with the Most High. Great point, may I add. Well, go ahead, Brother Elshua. Yeah, and the reason I brought up the issue, the name is of Jehovah, uh, uh, Jehovah. Is that Jay Z? A lot of people don't know that you know how his name comes from. His, his real name is Sean Carter, but he goes now. People are sure his name to Jay Z because his name used to be known as Hover, Jehovah. That was the name he went by, and now you know they shorten it to Hover. Well, still, even though now people call him Jay Z, that's where you get the J from Jehovah. <laughs> um, when he has his concerts, um, oftentimes in the past, I don't know how often he does it now. What he will do is work the crowd into a frenzy. You'll see the smoke come on, lights get dim, and then when the crowd gets to a frenzy, he starts to have them chanting, Hova, Hova, Hova. Now put that in context with what I just told you is what Jehovah means, the God of mischief and wickedness. And this is a part of the stuff that's going on. And what is happening is this. These things are happening because of like ignorance, people. I mean, literally. Uh, I listen to rap music. I listen to hip-hop music. I've been listening to it for 30 years, as long as it's been existing. I have a mind that filters out, and the certain things I do not allow to come into my ear gate as well as my eye gate. But the fact is, is that I have the maturity and the wisdom and the knowledge of the scriptures to ascertain good and evil and right from wrong. But in many of you people on the line that are listening, my brothers and sisters, my family, and Seth and, and, and Sister Eliana and Brother John, they possess the same qualities, but there are young people out there who do not have that ability to discern. They have not lived long enough to make those type of wise decisions, and what they have become is become prey to the enemy. And these people are using all types of tactics. One of the greatest detriment to what I would call wholesome living is a thing that we think is one of the greatest tools and the greatest inventions in the last 20th, in the, in the 20th 21st century. You know what that is? It's called the Internet. It's one of the worst tools that could ever been put into the hand of mankind, the Internet, because it has created what I would call a surreal world that is not based on real. What is happening now is that through the Internet and the media, they have begun to dictate our reality rather than reflecting our reality. 
And now we see this manifested in our children, our young children, these young people, they are prey to this because guess what? I'll share something with you. I've observed this many times. I can walk into a room, a family. TV can be on. There can be a movie. There can be two adults, I mean two teenagers, two adults, and two children in that room. There actually may be one person in that room actually concentrating on the movie that's on TV. The other five have handheld devices that are occupying their time and their attention. We don't think there's anything satanic about it, but what it is, it's just another part of a system to remove us from reality and to allow us to enforce us to engage in a world that they've created. And this is what's going on in the movies. It's what's happening in the entertainment. These people are influencing this culture, and it is the most wicked, foul culture in the world. Many times when you hear people like Iran and China and other places like that in India who would not allow certain programs that are broadcast in the United States into their television network, they don't do it because they're racist. They don't do it because they're prejudiced. They do it because they're using wisdom, because they know the culture of America is a wicked and vile culture, and they don't want that wickedness permeating and influencing and corrupting their societies. That's the reason they do it. And given the opportunity, because there's no way I could do it from what we did today, but given the opportunity, when we talk about Revelation, the Babylon, and we start dealing with this, I want to go line up on mine and show you in the biggest area and where the deception is coming in, because we're the number one people under attack, are believers. Because you remember, you are the only people on the planet Earth who pose a threat to the kingdom of darkness. You are the only people on the planet Earth who have the ability to withstand Satan's assault. Hmm. And what has happened, we have become so interest-driven that we don't know we've been called to the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. But we've been called to be a witness of Christ to the world. But we're so concerned about our own self-existence, about our own comfort that we have been we have been rendered unable to really promote and to really act out the true authentic gospel that we see revealed in scripture. And the most corrupt aspect about it is that we have these ministers of righteousness who in actuality are masquerading as ministers of righteousness when in actuality they are instruments of the devil and the very people that you many times we listen to on TVN and on Daystar and in our churches are servants of Satan. Now, am I causing people to be suspect? No, because I will tell you, just like I told you last week, walk in discernment. I'm not scared of anything in regard to what people teach, hear, or say, because I understand the power of discernment. And that's why I say at this point in time, because it's not only good for you to see what's going on, but you need to know what empowers you to stand against the enemy. And that is okay. one of the main things. Last point, Seth, this is a real good point. Well, hold on the point you just said, wait, wait, because, wait, wait, again, I've known you to drop some serious bombs that people would just take just take you and, and with, with a grain of salt, go and check it out, have your doubts, it's okay, but just do the research for yourself. You're going to come back and say, that brother's profoundly true. But I'm just concerned when we kind of, it sounds like we're lumping them all the ministers together. And I know you don't believe that, but I know no, how I, people are saying So as a host, I'm going to kind of listen with that third ear. So I want you to comment on that. I mean, you right. know, I mean, 
Go ahead. You know what? And, and that was the last point I wanted to make is that no, not all people are 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 are, are just. Here's the thing. Yes, some people, as the scripture says, who basically are servants of Satan, and then you have a lot of people who have become subject to deception. Those are the people are the very reason we do what we do. We believe that through prayer, that through the power of the Holy Spirit, that the eyes of their understanding can be enlightened, that they know what is the hope of his calling, the riches of his glory, that they can give the, be given the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge and to see the Father for who he really is and to see most, and not only the Father, but the kingdom for what it really is and what it is that we're to do and take a part in it. No, there's no way I would give a blanket statement and say all preachers are corrupt. No, I would say to the contrary, but I would say that more than half at this particular point in time, many are walking in discernment, are walking in deception. It's not necessarily to no fault of their own. It's because they inherited deception. Like the scripture says in, in Jeremiah 16 and 9, the Gentiles have inherited lies. Well, I have to ask you people, who taught our preachers? What theologians and what professors taught our preachers their theology? Who gave us our, pre- our, our theology in this Western world? Gentiles. And those Gentiles inherited lies. And they, and they basically cast those, and they basically, those lies have been transferred down from generation to generation. Uh, in defense, if I if, if I can just jump in here real quick, and you know I think probably I don't know if we should do a part two because next week we're going to be folks talking about the law versus grace and so many uh, arguments over that and uh, what part of the law we keep and and how I mean it's just so much confused on that so we're going to take a break from all this end time talk and just in, entertain Brother Patrick and some of the concerns he has, but uh, I do don't know that we. You know, I think what people understand Luciferianism as being evil. Stay away, evil. Big old sign, stay away. I think they got that from the show tonight. And I think they understand it's in hip-hop and some of the things you brought. You just, John laid the foundation. You've kind of planted it here and there. What i like to do before this show ends, Brother Elisha and Sister Eliana, you know, again, you, whatever you have to say, we're definitely open as well. Is you said, for instance, the preachers are deceived. I mean, a lot of them are deceived. They're teaching some of the Catholics and all this stuff, roots of lies. And, you know, I understand that. But people don't know what you're talking about. They're saying, not my pastor. So sometimes you have to say, well, this right here, this teaching, you did that earlier. So I want you to hit that a little harder. What specific teachings? What specific things that we're doing? Just, just one more thing, one more thing, just like with the music. Because I'm telling you, people thinking, how does this relate to me? My pastor well, preaches I the word. Something? Go ahead. Okay, so Matthew in Matthew chapter seven uh, talks about uh, entering in at the straight gate. And so, what we have to realize when uh, what what Brother Elishu is saying is what we are all saying. We we can't. What we're trying to do is we're trying to open the minds of the people. Yeah, they're they're going to be confused, but we can't. We cannot teach to the confusion in a, in a sense we have to teach to the enlightenment of their understanding so what we're saying is that people need to understand that we're living in a world that's already fallen and almost every system especially in this babylonian american society that we are living in it's already heavily under the influence of 
the Satanic doctrine, Luciferian doctrine. And Yeshua, when he was here, also said, you know, it was happening in Israel at the time. It was already happening. The, the Antichrist was already in the world. And so what he said was, you're going to have to strive to enter in at the straight gate. So being Hebrews, awaken, we, we, we're here, we're understanding that we're caught up in this Babylonian culture, and yet there is still a narrow walk. And it could be almost every church out there, because almost every church system that we have that worships on the Sunday is technically under the influence of the Catholic Church. So, yes, it might be your pastor. I'm sorry. It may be your pastor, and you don't know it. You guys might have a great uh, program at your church and a lot of wonderful stuff for the kids and a lot of wonderful stuff for couples, but the doctrine that you're hearing could be a Luciferian doctrine to keep you from the truth and knowing the way. And so understanding that, that, that our Messiah already told us that uh, the road that leads to destruction is broad, and many go in there at So I'm sorry, you know, it's a lot of people on the right. wrong path, and they think they're on the right path. But right. the way that leads to righteousness and life is narrow. And the Messiah already told us few people find it. So the information Please. we're getting and what the people are hearing, the people need to understand, and they need to do their own discernment because they're checking into this show, obviously because the Most High is compelling them to come out from among the Babylonian doctrines, from the Luciferian culture, come out from among them and be separate. And they're getting nuggets. And so we have to continue to hit it that way because the people need to have an anchor. They need to have a ladder. They need to have a lifeline that they can hold on to. Well, let, me, let, let me ask you this, Sister Eliana. I appreciate what you're saying, and I know you you are a very wise lady, and, and it's, it's, you got, you're on to something. But here's my thing. People listening, you know, some of us delivered from drugs at their church. Some of them have pastors that have given them words and set them the food free. Okay? Now, you're coming on, we're coming on, and we're saying, hey, the Catholic, okay, somebody got some noise in the background. Y'all know the rules, whatever, however way we need to fix that. But uh, it's an echo, so somebody's close with the, anyway. So, listen, all I'm saying is people that are listening, we got another maybe 20 minutes in the show before the show is over. And uh, what I wanted to mention is something about population control. Why? We're dying. They're saying one out of four is going to get cancer. We're dying all kinds of ways, infant mortality. That's touching people's lives. They understand that. They understand cancer. They just bear it there. You know, somebody, you know, they understand that we can look and see. Listen, this ain't Satan. This ain't uh, God. Y'all talk about these parents. God wants to have, call, call us a source along so we can have someone to play in this garden or play in this garden or to sing in a choir. All these kind of weird things we're saying. That's where the people live. They are practicing Luciferian, Luciferian, satanic type of stuff in their lives every single day. Sending their boys off to wars for an uh, 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 imperialist uh, army, a peerless uh, uh, bully. This is Luciferian. Uh, you know, a lot of the diet, the way they're killing us with this diet, uh, I think it's Monsanto, if I'm pronouncing the name right, the FDA and all the sugar and salt. This is where they live. They're going to endorse that in the next five, ten minutes. They, they're about to go eat now. I mean, this is Luciferin right all up in their house. And they need to know what it is they're taking of that's killing, stealing, destroying Luciferin.
concerned. We've laid the foundation of that is real, it's true, where it comes from, why it is. Uh, and Brother Elishua was already kind of getting into it a little bit. I just think we should hit a little harder. Yes, they, I, I'm afraid they're going to say, yeah, it's bad. Yeah, a lot of these pastors are preaching, but not my pastor. They don't want to know. You need to mention the doctrine. No, this doctrine, do you teach this? Okay. That's what we're talking about. Then they'd be like, well, wait, my pastor teach that. That's what we're talking about. Y'all understand what I'm trying to go with this? Yes. Uh, uh, I wanted to say also, but even if they hear that their pastor's teaching that doctrine, see, it's that daily daily walk and that that wanting to come out. Because they might still hear it. The, that they may hear that the doctrine, they, they're hearing about the hip-hop, but, you know, people are still going to turn on their hip-hop when they go to work. So it's, a, it's having um, a mind that's made up and wanting to come out. Because some people want to listen to the show because they, they like the controversial topics, but it doesn't mean that this, it's changing their heart. Or their mind. But they need to know what to come out of. They need to be able to hang up the show. When the show goes out, they need to say, well, Pastor, listen, I heard that we're doing this. You mentioned worship on Sunday. I, I personally think, you know, you know, I have different feelings about that. Maybe you can hear. I'm just saying they need to know what they're doing. They're straight-up Catholicism, you know, Luciferian. This is, the, you know, uh, else they all hang up. They'll be like, well, yeah, they're right. Boy, they show, told the truth on that show. Satan is wrong. He's Luciferian, you know. Let's consider yeah. this. Let's consider this. Yahweh said, if you love me, obey my commandments. The Father made it very clear that we are to obey his commandments. Why did Israel go into captivity? Because they failed to obey his commandments. So if we want to deal with this, we want to go line up online, preach up. I'm going to say some things, and a lot of things I'm going to say. What I'm trying to say is that everybody, this is something. Remember what I said about this. The seed, the, the seed was sown. The seed of wheat was sown along the side the wheat. So that's why we already know that we have an entanglement within our faith of the tares and the wheat. And we know that the okay. wheat or, or the tares are wicked. We know the source of them are wicked. Now, let's deal with this. Let's go down the line. Ten Commandments. I wish somebody would pull them up because I cannot access them right now. But let's just deal with this from here. When it, Scripture says that uh, honor the Sabbath and keep it holy, and then you have people who say this, well, you know, we do this. We've been keeping it Sunday, Sunday, Sabbath. Here's the thing. Who are you serving? Are you serving tradition? Are you serving convenience? Are you serving the American way of life? And do you refuse to repent and turn otherwise because you're so caught up in the system and you don't want to be seen as alienated? If you're worshiping on Sunday, you are disobeying the commandment. It's simple as this. But you can actually worship on Sunday. But the fact is, is, are you keeping the Sabbath? That's an explicit commandment. That's a Ten Commandment. That's in the New Testament. We are to keep his commandments. Let's go down the list. You should not take the Lord's name in vain. Many of our churches are practicing beliefs and practicing methodologies that are inconsistent with the Scripture. And when you do that, you are representing him when you put that name out there in front of your church, and you are taking his name in vain. Let's deal, for instance, with the prosperity doctrine. Hold on, what do you mean by the name? Put the name on the church. What do you mean by putting the name on the church? What do you mean? You put Christian on the church of that name. When you say that this is God's house, and then you misrepresent him in your conduct and in your doctrine, you are taking his name in vain. What it means to take the Lord's name in vain is to misrepresent what he has stated and what he has revealed to us. That is taking the Lord's name in vain. 
And when we talk about, let's just deal with the prosperity doctrine. It's just one very big thing that everybody's familiar with. Well, there are preachers right now who are saying that if you don't live a certain type of lifestyle, then you must be in sin. You must be in disobedience. So now what we're doing is we're judging people based upon the things in which they possess the materialism that they have, upon jobs that, that, that they have, where they, where they live at. Well, guess what, the, guess what the scripture says is? When you're doing that, you are misrepresenting him because the very one that we said who was God, who was Elohim, he said that the works of a man does not consist in the things in which he possesses. But we have, turned that concept, we have turned that belief upside down and said that your faith is revealed by your material achievement. That comes from the church, brother. We know it's in the world. That's greed. But the church promotes it as strong as the world does. We talk with the rap stars to talk about their, their total preoccupation with greed, but we got preachers telling their congregations, I need a jet. I need to take up an offer for you all to pay for my jet. You're absolutely right on that. I have to, oh, my gosh. You're absolutely correct. They need a jet. They need a boat. They need 200 acres. I, I've heard it. And this is and here's, the, and here's the ironic to that. The 12 men took the gospel to the whole West, almost to the whole Western known world, and they had no jet, they had no car. <laughs> That's right. And they already no, have ready. a big home. And then they're right. saying that they need bigger because that's God's prosperity, his blessing. They're already encouraging their congregations to go out and get a bigger home. They're saying this one is a starter home, but we're going to get a bigger because that's our blessing. It's greed. It's greed and materialism. It's greed. And, and we, and which is Luciferianism, which is, which is, which is satanic. Because we, and because we worship at the idol of materialism. We see nothing wrong with that. And the reason we see nothing wrong with that is because greed is the central motif and orientation of American culture. What do you think this nation was built upon? Greed. They didn't leave there simply because they wanted religious freedom. They wanted a new oasis of resources in which they could utilize to become the most strongest, powerful, wealthiest nation on the planet Earth. And that was a part of a Luciferian, Luciferian thing because guess what? The same year that the United States declared the independence from England is the same year that the Illuminati was born, 1776. Now, how ironic is that? And then when you go when you, when you go to Washington and you see all those monuments and then you start studying masonry, you see that the whole layout of Washington, D.C., the capital of our government, is nothing more than a reflection of mirror was contained in Illuminati secret society doctrine, Luciferian doctrine. And it's like this. I, I, I really brief, really briefly, uh, I can't get into it tonight because we've run out of time pretty much, but I want everybody to just do a little homework and go pull up something called the Protocols of the Learned Elders of Zion. People want to say that it's a host of myth, but there's no way in the world. It's, it was 1897. I got the date wrong, but around that year, there was a gentleman struck by lightning who had some protocols on him by some very powerful people. And uh, when he was being attended to, some kind of way these protocols got to the wrong hands. And the L.A. Sister Eliana, Brother uh, Yeshua, just, I mean, Brother uh, El, uh, Yeshua just talked about debt. Well, if you listen to the protocols around the other side, you'll see how that was one of the things they wanted to do is load the people down with debt to to, to, to make them more docile and more uh, non-resistant to Making government. They, they talked about getting sports into the hands of the people, sports year-round. They didn't have that way back in the 1897s, and that's what we have today. They talked about 
making people more super educated about the psyche of people, how they work, how they function. Before then, there was not people studying not all the ins and outs of human mind and how it works and when people are going to do this and when teens are going to do that and when they're going to crave this. This is a part of, of controlling the planet. When you look at the protocols and you look at today, it's scary. There's no way. And this this is some old, old documents. This is not no myth. They're going Most of these Jewish people is going on Google and stuff and saying it's a myth. Look at them. Read them yourself. They're very old, and there's no way in the world that could have been wrote way back then and, and what's happened today. I mean, they've been around forever. You know, even 50 years ago, a lot of this stuff is not... The protocols was around for, for sure 50 years ago, probably 100 years ago. Even 100 years ago, they, don't have, they didn't have all this back then that they have today, but those letters talked about all of these things in our society that they're talking about, Ella Shura and Sister Eliana right now. This is what we talk about when we say Luciferian. These people are served Lucifer, and they have made plans to take over the whole world. So I can't get into it tonight, but, uh, again, Google uh, protocols and learn Ella's design. Everybody, look, we got about um, 10 minutes. So I want you, Brother Ella Shura, to go ahead and close up with whatever you got to say. Probably about five minutes, Sister Eliana. I'd love to know your comment on what he's saying, and we got to wrap this show up y'all but and i think we hit it real hard people know uh that this is not no make-believe this is real and i i just maybe we may do a part two but go ahead and finish up y'all please well my last point would be this is that um no Cecilia, go ahead go ahead Cecilia. i'm sorry Cecilia, Eliana, eliana sister eliana yeah. Hopefully she, she didn't fall been. off here because uh, no, she might. Well, my okay. is that no, she's still I there. Mean, she's no, still no. there. Go ahead and finish your point. She probably stepped away and she'll be back. Go ahead, please. Okay. What I would say is that I would love to have the opportunity for us to, to um, really, because one of the, the subjects that I really would like to um, address that brings a lot of things out, and we can lay it line up online according to the scriptures and get people to see it. In other words, it, it's like you have what is relevant. And then you have that with the scripture. Uh, what is scripture becomes more real when you can see it, as Seth has been trying to have to show, is you can see it relevant in the reality that we live each day. So, like, if we say that, hey, the Illuminati is real, well, we can, if we can show you the mechanisms and how Illuminati actually works within the culture and works within entertainment, that's becoming relevant. And then we can match that with scripture. One of the main things I wanted to address in this whole series was Revelation 17 and 18, and that is the issue of Babylon, mystery Babylon, not the geographical Babylon in Iraq, um, the one that has not risen since it has been destroyed since the days of Daniel, but it has never, ever been a place of inhabitation even since then, and the prophetic word is sure because it said that there would be a, uh, it would be basically a, a place of dwelling for caves, a place for owls and whatever, because no humans would be able to dwell there. I'm talking about mystery Babylon, Revelation 17 and 18, because when we get into that, we can show you line up on line that it is talking about the United States of America from its inception to its present. And we can see that all the things that are within the scriptures contained in Revelation 17 are now working itself out, not only within the culture, but it's working itself out in politics and in our international relationships with other countries. And you will see that line up a line in scripture, and you will see also the connection of how Christianity has been utilized to spread this fornication, 
where it talks about those who become drunk with the wine of her fornication. And I can show you that in Scripture, and I can show you actual definitions out of deck dictionaries and concordance that point directly to that. They even speak it. They call it out by name. So I hope that we've been given the opportunity to really start from the beginning of the show. After Steph, you did your your customary introductions and everything, is to really hit Mystery Babylon because that would be a good way because we've already covered the rapture. So I think that that would be a good way to close out the series because that's gonna bring it home. That's everything that we're saying when you go when we break down Revelation 17 and 18. Everything we said in this whole series is gonna be brought home. It's gonna be real and in your face. Well, I think you're right, and we may just do that, but it won't be next week, folks. We'll give it a break because, uh, Brother Patrick, uh, uh, we'll talk about it, folks. We may just do it next week and just ask Brother Patrick to hold off since so many of you are interested in this topic. But, uh, Sister Eliana, any, uh, any closing words you have to say? Sister Eliana? I don't know what's going on. Her line is 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 on. Just tell on if you can hear us, we can't hear you. But listen, folks, again, you've been listening to Five Smooth Stone uh, Network. We've been hitting this hard and heavy. It's not easy talking about Luciferianism because people kind of make it a myth. And, and, you know, Satan is real. He is real. He is real, and he's all around us. I know you know that, but a lot of you don't know that a lot of the practice we have, the way we look at things, where are we getting all this stuff from? Somebody is guiding our society. The way we look at money, the way we look at God, yes. You ever wonder why the fathers never talk about it in these churches and it's always the son, the son, the son, the son, the son? Of course we worship the son, the Christ. Of course all power in heaven and earth has been given to him. But you ever wonder why there's no worship towards the father? You hardly ever hear him. People say the father, but then they be talking about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. How come they, they, never, they don't know his name? Don't you think it's weird, millions and billions of Christians, and you say, what is the father's name? They don't know it. You think that's about coincidence? Brother Ellis Shudem is on to something tonight. I'm telling you, I hope y'all really listen. They're on to something very strong and very wicked and very evil. The way we worship, how we worship. Catholicism is, 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 is <laughs> boy, that's a show right there talking about Catholicism. That that really will open up a lot of people's eyes. So I hope, I know some of the things we said sound very much out there and cuckoo and no telling what else, but folks, these are some very intelligent people, and uh, I hope that we... Um, did more than scratch the surface on Luciferianism and and Satanism or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I mean, the bottom line is they are, I mean, excuse me, Satan, Lucifer is a defeated foe and his, uh, all of the fallen angels, they are defeated foe and I hope we've showed that and and made that very clear. Brother, I don't know what, what happened to Sister Eliana, so you might as well go ahead and just have some final words. I think, again, We'll talk family and friends. Y'all have to stay tuned as to whether or not we're going to finish this up next week. But I really think it needs to break, and then we probably can come back in two weeks and follow up with uh, what Ella Shue was uh, suggesting. But Ella Shue, uh, I think we dropped to see Eliana. Is Eliana, you there? Yeah, we dropped her for sure. Go ahead, brother, and close out quickly. Give me in, in, in like uh, okay. two or three minutes here. 30 seconds. Real quick, quicker than that. The last thing that Seth said is I would like for you all people to give some thought to when you hang up the line and tonight. Why is all the tension on the son and not on the father when the son said that I do nothing except what I see the father do? And in Hebrews it says that Christ is the express representation of the father. 
He said, I came to bear witness of the Father, just like the Holy Spirit bears witness of Christ. So, Seth, you brought in a very important imperative question that goes at the center of what this is all about. Because what it does is it wants to take your attention away from He, who is the Supreme, and get you caught off on worshiping. There's nothing wrong with worshiping the Messiah. But he even said, worship belongs to the Father. He said, praise, he accepts our praise. He said, even the rocks of crowd and praise. He said, but the simple put, he said, that the worship is belongs to the Father. Well, why are we so preoccupied with just the Son? That is by and, 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 and we do worship the, we do worship the Son, Ella assured me, and I know you do because I I know you do and I do. Is we definitely give praise to Christ. I mean, all right, power exactly. has been given to Him and in heaven. Right. He, right. And you know, do. His blood and, saved us. And so, but the highest praise we reserve for the Father. It's just the highest. That's and, all. Right. And, and and but we have to ask the question: Is why is Western Western Christianity totally preoccupied with the Son? When guess what? The Tanakh, meaning the Torah, the prophets, the wisdom, are preoccupied with the Father. And the purpose of the Son coming was to reveal to you the Father. There is something in that. When we get to that root, now you've unlocked the mystery. And Seth, thank you for bringing that up because it's something for you all to just think about. Why is that? Yeah. And just like just like we just said, that know it's the end of the show, but there's a lot of little things just like that we could have hit on tonight. But maybe we'll have to do part two, but I'm telling you all, it's a lot of things we do, we say, we practice our society, the way we look at everything, the way we look at women, the way we look at women, the way we look at men, the way we look at sex, the way... I mean, Luciferianism is, is, is all throughout the fibers of our life in every tiny aspect. They are trying to control us. And then there's this other kingdom called the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Yahweh, or the kingdom of Yah, who has a complete different set of rules. And these kingdoms are at each other. And really and truly, if you sold out to the kingdom of the Most High and you follow his laws and statutes, you're going to be hated, persecuted, some right. even killed because it's, it's that big of a conflict. So if you're getting along with the world and everything is honky-dory, as they say, you know, that's the old saying, then something is wrong, and that's what we're trying to present tonight. Something is wrong. Not that we don't want peace and all that with everybody, but something is wrong when 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 when, when the gay agenda is Christians don't want to comment on, don't want to talk about it. That's crazy. Something that's destroying our world, like homosexuality, and Christians don't want to comment on it, say nothing about it. You know. <laughs> I mean, just it's, we can just go on and on and on, do 15 more shows on this, really talking about how this thing crept in. But listen, time has gotten away from us, but Ella Shore, go ahead and make a closing in less than a minute, and we're going to wrap the show up. Okay. Well, I would say first to everyone, and please have a blessed night. I hope the remainder of your week is blessed as well. Uh, I want to say that thank you for tuning in. Uh, I know that for some people this is actually a sacrifice because you have to go to work the next morning. And that's mm-hmm. why I come, whenever I come on this show, I endeavor to bring you nothing but the choices of meats as if you were went to a buffet and you got the choices of meats because I believe you deserve that. I believe that there are people like me and like Seth who have committed our whole life to understanding the truth and dissecting it. And we didn't do it because we wanted for some self-grandizing or we wanted adulation. We do it because we're servants of the Most High. And our whole objective is to serve you. The Messiah said, I came not to be served by men, but to serve. 
And if my master did it, well, I'm, I'm also inclined to do the same. So I ask you to continue to pray, continue to seek the Most High, and know that regardless of what we state, that our objective is that you have the best life in the Messiah, in the Father, that you can possibly have, that you have abundant life, that you have life and life that abundantly. Because like you said, you're in the kingdom of light, and the kingdom of light exposes darkness. God bless you. Absolutely. I love you. I love you. I love you. Well, brother, love you too, man. Appreciate you and Sister Eliana. Love her and Brother John as well. Y'all did a very good job. You just laying it down, letting everybody know exactly what we're dealing with. Uh, again, LSU, thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it. Toda. And uh, we'll meet you live, brother, and we'll talk to you later. Okay, folks, again, I uh, just thank y'all for tuning in tonight. Uh, so I don't know what happened to Sister Eliana. Her, her, um, her line uh, is showing, but once you drop out the 10, y'all know what happened. You can't call back. So, listen, I had a blast. I hope you did, too. Um, we serve a mighty God, a mighty Elohim, and we're not – we just got to remind ourselves of that.